Welcome to the Mortal Realms and Age of Sigmar story phase. Grab your hammer so we can clear a path through the chaos and forge our own narratives in the Age of Sigmar. Your allies through the Realm Gate this episode are... I'm Davey and I was going to dunk on the rest of these fools all episode long, but people who live in shade glass houses... <laughs> uh, I'm Aaron, and uh, shouldn't this book be called Warhammer Underworlds, The Mirrored City? <laughs> I'm Paul, and I've been walking on, walking on, walking on shade glass. And this is Eric. It turns out when the gash breaks a mirror, there's even more to reflect on. Uh, In this episode, we're discussing Shade Spire the Mirrored City by Josh Reynolds. In this one, the fallen city claims another set of souls, and we're here to see how it plays out for them. We're sure everything's going to end up A-OK. How you doing tonight, gentlemen? Great I'm with that optimism. Still man. recovering from that pun. That was pretty bad. I was it. A, I don't. Was it a pun? I'm not even sure it was a pun. No, I don't no. think it was a pun. And furthermore, I don't know which one he's talking about. I mean, yeah. I, I was using the word reflect in two ways, so it was a pun. Whoa, a double Fair. entendre. Were you reflecting I don't on think reflect? That's what a pun. No, everything's a pun. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything is a pun. <laughs> when it comes out, of, it comes out of this your, guy's mouth. Your cup of coffee is a pun. <laughs> oh, good to know. <laughs> All right. Does it taste like one? I think we're bit. done here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll ask again, how are you gentlemen doing tonight? Doing awesome. Really Not good. too doing bad. Awesome. Yeah. How about we're, yourself? Uh, how about yourself? I'm doing um, good. I've got a lot of hobby going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing in a number of different uh, systems from I don't some, love that. some no. Warhammer fantasy role play. Okay, that's cool. I like that. Into some Age of Sigmar. Um, a little bit of uh, some... Necromunda. Never heard of it. What? No, that's just a thing. <laughs> Are you saying that right? Um, is but that I'm, like I'm playing, Shadespire? I'm painting a lot of models, having a lot of fun, reading a lot of rules. Ooh. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Not the reading the rules. My brain's just turning. There's too many things. Um, uh, and there's a lot I want to do, and I don't have the time to do it because work's busy. But mm. but it's holidays. I'm hoping for a little time off to get some more, slap some more paint on some more plastic. It sounds dirty, but it's it's dirty. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> it's dirty. real dirty. Especially so when you do it naked. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Whoa, I didn't you went even, there. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Give it a thought. All right. Yeah. Uh, how about you guys? New live stream coming up. <laughs> <laughs> we want to diversify, One right? Only. <laughs> Twitch has pulse. We've got a good income stream on that. There's other hosting platforms. Uh, I am laying the groundwork for doing the Gibbering Dome, getting a bunch of yeah. ideas, everything going on. So that's primarily where my hobby is at at the moment. Are you nice. going to reuse all the train pieces from your last Gibbering Dome? Still deciding. I think so, but they might be modified. Uh, you should do um, a model that is like Dory from from the Little Nemo films, and oh, it says "Keep on gibbering, keep on gibbering," and it could be a really cool. Was that worth the time it took to <laughs> no, get, to get no, it? No, no, it wasn't. I was considering like flaring up a torturous pun warning yeah, for. Here's the thing: yeah. by saying it, I have to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Keep on gibbering. Keep on gibbering. Fair enough. I just missed it as soon as I heard you say it. All right. I I would like it if we referred to uh, gibbering dome a different way every time, like gibbering, gibbering, <laughs> gibbering, hibbering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, Hibbering. how long can we? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't Anyhow. go around the horn. Anyways, uh, am I doing anything? Am I doing cool. anything? Have you Have you already had signups on it? Oh yeah, full. it's full. Yeah. Oh, it, that's right. It sold out in like twenty minutes. Which mm. it's only sixteen. So must be lame. Sixteen <laughs> people from all over the country coming to Adepticon. Yeah. Second year in a row. Yep. Narrative at the at Adepticon. Yep. That's Somebody had to awesome. do it. Somebody. Somebody had, Somebody to, had do to do it. it. 
He's, no. he's, he's not the, the RM not we wanted, the but he's the one we the needed. Job. <laughs> I'm the only man for the job. And it is a dirty job, and <laughs> someone's got to do it against you. Exactly. Aaron, is everything dirty? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a pun, unless that's shit. <laughs> I've been uh, not so reliably informed. <laughs> Unfortunately. For better or worse, uh, Dave, you've been up to anything? Yeah, a little bit of uh, stuff appropriate for this. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Shadespire slash Night Vault slash Warhammer Underworld's been... Uh, okay. Playing and painting a fair amount of that. Getting ready to do some of that at PACA. Uh, hey, gonna... do, you mind, do you mind if I join you? Yeah, sounds good. All right, cool. Let's do that then. All right. You should probably get your list in. Well, <laughs> I thought I had a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so doing that, obviously read this book. I actually just came directly here from uh, playing Phil. Uh, Again, man. Again, we're your only friends, and don't you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> he means nothing to me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Call me Phil. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're getting pretty good at sneaking those in. Yeah. Do you ever worry that your wife will suspect that something else is going on? No, I tell her. I'm saying I'm already going to be out of the house to record this lame podcast, and <laughs> I might as well do something rad. She just nods. She's like, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no. emotional pain that comes along with that. No, need healing. It was it was a research. I had to get in the mindset for this. You know, oh. entering the mirrored city, oh. I had to feel like I was in there. So and yet you escaped. Tell us how. Yeah, uh, <laughs> scoring more glory than the other guy. Oh, poor Phil. <laughs> yeah, it's always, with, it's always about glory with you, isn't it? Yeah, cover myself in it. <laughs> it's the name of the game. Bathe in it. Um, yeah, doing That's that. A um, little bit of a little bit of other hobbies and such. Um, uh, also, working on a little Necromunda stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting right here, and I can hear everything you're saying. And I feel uh, like that's a different language. Cuts somewhere. me to my core. I, mean, I know. Well, that's why I say it. Yeah. <laughs> Sigmarunda. Yeah. There we go. I'm okay with that. I, 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 I get that now. I've heard of Sigmar. Okay. Um, and then uh, also, actually, uh, probably most people know this at this point, but uh, started up a uh, another side project um, under the Mortal Realms Uh uh, production network, our our <laughs> massive podcasting empire. That's way too many syllables for uh, what this is. What the hex, man? Yeah, now includes our, uh, our, our podcast. Our media puddle. <laughs> what <laughs> the hex? Uh, two episodes out, probably the third one dropping almost simultaneously with what this. What the that. And that's uh, uh, Warhammer Underworlds in under 30 minutes is what we tag it at. Ironically, not any episode has been under 30 minutes yet. But <laughs> I, I, I consider it like the actual content is under 30 minutes. We got a little... A little so uh, if all the singing and dancing shouldn't start, add to the Start time. listening yeah. now. Yeah. They might hit it next time. Yeah. Probably. See, you could be there yeah. when they do that. Yeah. Your tagline doesn't defi- define you. You can do whatever you want. Sure. You define the tagline. Yeah. Well... Expectations are consistently defied in Mirror <laughs> City, so it could it be, blow it could your be. let that be a lesson to you all. Yeah, you could change it to what the hex. We're never getting out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you can have it as long as you want. There is no sure. escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I listened to a couple episodes, and by that I mean the the couple episodes. And it's all been, it's been. Real I've listened good. to every yeah. one of them. Sure. Yeah, the couple episodes. It's been real tasty. I've learned a lot. Um, so watch out, what pack I hear I come. Cool. Nice. No, that's been cool. Uh, seeing you uh, kind of get that started with Phil and bring him into the fold. Um, Didn't you just diss Phil like less than five minutes ago? I did not. You would never. Don't look at me. I I, you can listen to the tape. <laughs> Nobody disses play it Phil. Back. All right, I'm going to pause this. We're going to play it back. We're going to start over and see what we said about Phil. Welcome to the Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh. uh, and in terms of doing stuff, uh, I really haven't done anything. I painted a little bit of my Skaven Warband for what? Warhammer. What? Underworlds as well. What? 2018 to-do list done. Yeah. I put 
Slap some paint on plastic. Brushed a model and it's Paul and I had a bet, <laughs> I think, at the beginning, <laughs> the end of last year. Actually, yeah. Not, yep. and, I mean, put any paint on any models. Is that any? Because it doesn't have to be done? Because I could almost consider this guy done. No, I think, yep. I think the bet was basically, would you lift a brush, <laughs> put it, dip it in paint, and make do, a stroke? Do I, I get, win. Wait, do, a, do I get a I cut win. of that? No. And second of all, like I, I painted the trophies yeah. for, for the Half event. a zero, yeah. zero. Does that count? I don't know if yeah. that's a model or if that's a trophy. Some would say it's a model. I could have seen Regardless, you have paint on a model. I would say it's a model trophy yeah but uh beyond that no just filing stuff here and there um and that's about it i'm sorry i don't have a lot to talk about compared to these hobby inspirations Mm. and anybody at the table either you don't even have to put hobby in front of that just inspiration sure yeah yeah. uh as as (laughs) general inspirations aspirations as fathers a bunch of aspirations uh, right here as athletes (laughs) uh it's true cool i think we about covered it you guys want to talk about this book? I would love to. That's that's sure. why I'm here. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll give you one last thing to do. Um, can you can you say it? Can you say the the word or what? words, the magic words even? You, the like the, the book. Oh. Uh, the story phase. There we go. <laughs> okay. Sure. Okay. I appreciate it. I don't even know. You I don't even know what my value thing. is anymore. One it's thing. been so long. In the story phase, we delve into the stories, characters, creatures, and environments. Of the Nine Realms. Shade Spider. Throughout the realm of death, the name is but a tremble upon the lips of fools who utter it. Once a glittering metropolis, its soaring towers and palaces of glass pierce the funereal skies of the underworld, a bold testament to mortal enterprise. Now all that remains of the city is its withered husk, and those who speak of it do so at their peril, for it is a place of damnation, a shadow in the desert that echoes with the howl of wretched souls. Doomed to wander this endless purgatory are the citizens of Shadespire, a punishment for their crime against the god of death himself. Such was the severity of their offense that Nagash's curse was one of cruel and twisted artistry, and all that once glorified about the city has become a perverse reflection of itself. Its streets swathed in fog lurk every horror of death's creation, and a darkness has settled within every heart. But there are still those who will brave its ruins. Ex-free guild soldier Seguin Raynar ventures forth in search of his fortune, and he is not alone. While Sigmar's heroes seek to ensnarl this labyrinthine nightmare, hordes of chaos revel in its madness. But whether compelled by duty or the lure of ancient treasure, the same fate is promised to all. This is a hell of madmen and monsters. For, the, for those who dare enter, there is no turning back. First question: Why was this so long? It's never that long. I always copy it straight from the book page, and like mm. it's one like one paragraph. Mm. Like, yeah. Press like the Brynfine, and like there's a lot of big yeah, words who in there. Man. This? Jeez, Louise, what hey. are you compensating? You for? managed. You managed it all right. I loved it. No, it was great. I was I was taken there, but I'm back. Yeah. All right, let's start. Wait, that's not possible. It just it says there's uh, no turning back. Might be possible. David did it. If I can, he can do it. Yeah. I can do it. Anything so, he can do, I can do. It's time for us to talk about this book. All right, so uh, let's talk about the the non-spoiler act, (laughs) the non-spoiler aspects of this fine novel. If we're going to talk about Shadespire, I feel like we got to talk about the 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 history of Shadespire, and with that comes both the place and the time frame. And uh, Davey volunteered to talk about that because no one else wanted to. Okay. Well, we we got (laughs) we got a little uh, taste of it in this, but um, Shadespire as a place at originally existed in the realm of death shyish uh, and it was populated it was a you think of it like as a sort of a uh a commercial hub but think of it in uh aos terms right so like uh, mystic knowledge and seers and and that sort of thing and um 
Yeah, Sears is actually going bankrupt. Continue. Perfect. Um, Kate, uh, the, there were the <laughs> cataphranes was uh, a particular like sort of the upper class nobility of Shadespire, um, and they were uh, known for their. It was almost like their their research and the uh, uh, amazing developments they were making. Uh, and the one thing that they were working towards was they perfected was this idea of how to cheat death, right? And it was specifically with shade glass, so they could. Uh, capture the souls of their ancestors uh, willingly, um, and then they'd, they'd be, or perhaps not. It's tough to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it, it was just part of their part of their their culture, like the the way of life that they had was the uh, of life. Right, death. right, right. So instead of uh, instead of dying, their ancestors would be there, and they could advise. So like uh, the noble houses would have the advice of all their uh, lineage available to them. There is one person who gets pretty jealous about uh, taking away souls who are rightfully, or, you know, depending on your interpretation. Sure. But I mean, it's one thing to cheat death when death is like a nameless, faceless, nebulous concept. It's yep. another thing to cheat death when death is an actual person who yeah. actually gets ticked about real uh, small things. <laughs> ain't, ain't just a metaphor. Nope. Yeah. It's so. another thing to cheat on death. Uh, fair. And harken back to previous episodes if you want to learn more about that. <laughs> <laughs> Including ones that never got released. Uh, <laughs> no, that one did, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyhow, as as the punishment uh, for this, the uh, the city itself was ripped from its physical place uh, and cast into the, the area of the gloaming, sort of in between um, the realm of shadow and the realm of light. Uh, and there it exists sort of in between time and space which makes the question of when is it uh, a little bit difficult to answer. Um, Nebulous, mm -hmm. in fact. Um, Um, Almost by definition in this, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could generally say that the story (coughs) takes place in a certain mm, time frame because the characters did exist outside of the city, so, like, you could place it in that respect. But, like, beyond that, who knows? Like, once once they're in the thick of things, there is no telling where or when. So, I would just say that seems like that there's a bit of... um, Shadespire is defined by being out of time. Yeah, you know they they have cheated time. Yeah, they, they last forever. Everything's forever. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, Nagash has put them into a place out of time. They will yep. never change. A fitting um, punishment, actually. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it seems like you know somebody could enter it at a different time in in the mortal realms, but they could be there at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we do want to timestamp this, we do know that it's in in the Age of Sigmar, Correct. like that the yeah. the. Uh, Gates of Azir have opened. Stormcast are out and about. They've been fighting. They've been brawling. They're not yep. a new thing in sure. this world. Like the yep. all the all the uh, characters in this are familiar with the concept of of uh, Stormcast. But beyond that, uh, it it does feel like um, it's not recently after the Gates of Azir open. Like it, you know. So it says uh, at one point somebody makes a reference in the book that um, this occurs. This is happening to this person uh, a century after the the, f- the free guilds initially initially set out from the from Azir. Like after okay. the gates have opened, they they start marching out. So I don't know if that's day one when the stormcast came or however soon mm-hmm. after that. But so we're talking like city city of secrets kind of. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. Sure, right. yeah, I would say Raynar is our focus for the story. True. Mm. And I'd I would say, say it's very split between two people. But carry on. But I would say the mm. the that his timeline is probably the most reliable timeline that we Agreed. have. Yep, totally. And his timeline tends to be right around where you're saying he's a little bit after that hundred years after the battle because he participated in that battle and then moved forward. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, but we can say that uh, Shadespire itself was ripped out of reality slash, you know, the 
it's weird because you, you think it's like taken from the physical realm, but like what exactly, how do we define the physical realm in sure. the Age of Sigmar? Well, and furthermore, but, it's still there too. So it's not even yeah. like it was ripped per it's se, like, but rather its essence was. It's like its soul was ripped out, right? Which right. is an interesting concept, the soul of a city. Right. And within that were all the souls of those who dwelled within. So that's an interesting concept that we haven't really delved into before. But the city itself has been out for more than a thousand years. So mm-hmm. like from an outside objective perspective, yeah, yeah. like since uh, possibly even before the Age of Chaos. Um, oh, I think so. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, yeah. they were doing their research at the very least in the sure. Age of Myth. I don't know where it's said. I can't reference that. But I, I, that's the impression I've been getting. Um, so I would imagine that at that time. Is it, when yeah, we think the Age of Chaos lasted anywhere from like four to six hundred years. Mm-hmm. And Age of Sigmar has been going on for one hundred. Then yeah. yeah. I mean, and furthermore, you could say, well, in the Age of Chaos, Nagash gets his butt kicked like immediately, right? So he's in no position to be ripping cities Totes. out. So he yeah. had probably already done it in Age well, of Myth. Let me ask yeah. you this. Please do. Since we don't have a heliocentric orbiting system what is a year what is mm-hmm. a year i kind of uh, do have it i don't know no well it's 525 <laughs> i don't know the rest of it. time is independent in each realm i think it was mentioned before so it depends on which realm you Wild. came from real yeah. deep all right well, so we got, yeah, you can't right. you can't box me in <laughs> and yet we try so very hard um so we've got our where <laughs> we've got our when uh who are we dealing with um paul you, you were started talking about Raynar. hit me up with with that dude yeah i referenced Raynar. Raynar is a free guild soldier uh he is a bit of a uh captain captain yeah. well captain my captain i told you to stop calling me <laughs> true uh he's a bit of a treasure hunter as well so he has come to shades bar to make his fortune Ooh, excellent he's accompanied by many people but well, handful of people yeah but uh he he uh he finds himself quickly in a place of aloneness. Human being, I mean, there's no. not much else to know. I mean, it's pretty. He's so kind of like a blank slate. I really, really at this point. There's, there's more to get into when we're willing to get in a spoiler yeah, territory. Exactly. I mean, you do know right away that he's, he's left on like he's a deserter. I mean, I think they established mm-hmm. that pretty early on. Sure. Um, so for whatever reason, um, and the the details of that desertion become a little more clear as you as you get further in. But he's, it's not like he's. I mean, makes sense, right? And you're not like a esteemed hero of the free guild and then well i'm gonna go hunt for treasure in, in shades buyer so sure. he's he's here like on a on a personal it's, enrichment yeah it's enrichment escape something yeah. you know he, he has something to hide yeah. let's put it that way a little bit of running towards a little bit of running, running away. away yeah, yeah. Uh, age-old tale but every every chapter is split two in, into two yeah. pieces right so it's, it's, a, it's a cool uh and i i've got to admit like i should have realize that it took me a long time to realize that this was actually the case i don't know if it's just the nature of, oh, yeah. of how i was reading it like mm-hmm. uh i wasn't maybe paying attention to when the chapters were starting and finishing or whatever yeah. uh but first half of the chapter is uh Sagin Raynar, and then the second half is isengrim of the blood Re- of the red reef sure mm-hmm. and he is a blood reaver tell me about him uh well he is what you can anyways yeah um you know that he uh he's on a mission he's on a mission from corn uh, Mission from Core. Yeah. Dun, uh, dun, 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 dun. I was going more Blues Brothers, but that works too. Yeah. Sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Paul's picking up one Chicago. of them. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Hit it. He, uh, he has been tasked by Korn. He was he was left for dead on a battlefield, and uh, Korn has brought him back to uh, claim Raynar's skull. So that's the, the core thing you got one chasing the other the other it's a real sweet skull i mean yeah. <laughs> it's just perfectly symmetrical corn hates a coward and uh uh Seguin Raynar uh fled from his duties and corn has declared him a coward i what what I, I it's a cool dynamic because it is not 
it is not this grand epic thing, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not um, an exalted Lord of Corn needs to get uh, um, Lord Celestin's head or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, a reaver needing to get a captain's head. Like it, I, I like that personal small scale. Yeah. So yeah. see, here's the thing. Uh, unlike the other chaos gods, Corn runs a very manufacturing kind of like production house. He needs the skulls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got a lot of followers. You need them busy. Yeah. So Can't every skull counts. So you got to send the small guys after the small skulls, the big guys after the big skulls. It's, it's just basic business. It is. is well, the other thing I like about it is that it, it is kind of a petty thing for Corn to do, too. Oh, he deserted. Dude, dude is so petty. Yeah, real petty. Well, and him, it's him and Nagash should like kick it away. <laughs> because often. Nagash is known for being very petty. Oh. So this is a petty thing that Korn has sent Isengard yeah. to do it and a petty thing that Raynar has done as sure. well. And I like the the uh, the fact that like this is this is a full-on novel. I mean, we we get a wide cast of characters. We are we meet a lot of folks in this book, but it, like the the through line throughout this whole thing is is basically comes down to two people, mm-hmm. one dude hunting another. Um, which, and you get equal time with both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. yeah. So that's cool. And I think we talked about the who, and then we covered really the what. Like that's the gist uh, out the gate is that uh, this is, a, I guess, a hunt. Um, this Blood Reavers hunting down this free guild, and uh, they're thrown into wacky situations. Yeah, well, and I think it's fair to say that a third character here is the city itself. I had, had that mentally written down. <laughs> yeah. I was going to sound real literary when I yeah, brought yeah. it up. You see, it seems like Shadespar is the third. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to quote something else we've written down here. The uh, the hidden gloaming. Not only is it where Shadespire is, but it's also where Slanesh is being held. Well, that's true when we talk about the location. So this is a very mysterious area, and there's a lot of stuff that we don't know and about about this aspect of the mortal realms. Um, mm-hmm. And... Well, is it a, is it part of the mortal well, realms? That's up for debate. It's I get, the in between. I get what you're saying. It's the upside down. So yeah, I mean, so that that is a, a, a whole other level of mystery to this particular area. It's it's chock full of enigmas. Um, did I write down anything else cool? Good point, Paul. I wrote down all sorts of cool notes. You did write some cool stuff. Sure. We should talk about it more. Shadespar, uh, for instance, Shadespar is in the Desert of Bones, not to be confused with the Bone Desert, which is two different places. <laughs> I mean, you, there's probably like multiple combinations of bone and desert. The Des Boner. We pronounce it Desmode in our uh, spot in the world. Um, Another final thought about, I guess, the characters, if we were still sort of talking about them. Um, If. This doesn't. We're done. I know. Well, with an interview, I think it's on Track of Words uh, with Reynolds, he he says his goal with this book was to write um, a a series of uh, no, like, redeemable characters, or particular. I don't know what his words are specifically, but um, generally that, like, nobody's perfect or nobody's particularly a good guy in this, and I really like to see that play out, and we'll talk more about what that means later, but... um, it doesn't give anything away to let you know that that's that's the case. You have yeah. done some I mean, research on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I am I mean, impressed. Gash. So we've gone through the spoiler-free, right? Yeah. All right. So if you are someone who is worried about spoilers, go read the book right now. Oh no, we're gonna say first. Let's talk about what, if we if we think they should, oh, they should read sure. the book first, right? We gotta yeah. give our pre. Yeah, don't listen to this part at all. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. We don't. didn't say spoilers yet. We'll say spoilers. Later. I don't want to tilt no your enjoyment yet. one way or the other. No, but no. you must. That's <laughs> the only reason. That, I don't know if that's true. If the only reason people listen to us is probably the sweet part in the beginning. Your horse, and then they turn it off. Davy, yeah. since you started it, here we go. What do you think? Just initially, should people go check it out? Uh, yes, I, I thought it was excellent. Uh, no secret to anyone who's listened to this podcast for any length of time, but a very high opinion of Josh Reynolds' fiction for the Age of Sigmar. Uh, does great stuff, and he's doing great stuff here. Um, it is as dark as you're going to get 
uh, for uh, an Age of Sigmar at novel. Least, at least until, until the horror, the horror line comes series. out. Yeah. It, might, it might possibly get darker. Until the what series? There's a horror series oh, coming sure, out from Black fair. Library for AOS. Yes, yes. If going into that, you're cool with that. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy this. I, I think it's uh, I think it's very well written, and I think it's not like I think it, it it's found its own niche uh, within the Age of Sigmar fiction. Uh, so you're not gonna feel like oh I've read this before. Uh, hey Paul, tell me about you. Uh, I really like the scene setting a lot in this story. He really I think painted a picture of the city as a character itself, which was really cool. So that definitely helped my enjoyment of it a lot. I really liked that it was a small story, as you said. Um, there wasn't a lot of like trying to figure out where this person was going or trying to understand where they were headed now. There wasn't that kind of spinning from one place to another. Sure. That, Shade Spire is pretty straightforward, actually, in that regard. So Yeah. So um, that no, was... I would, no, I was just... Uh, so that was interesting. Um, I, I really did enjoy it. Um, and it's not my type of novel that I would typically read. Uh, so okay cool yeah you mean um, AOS fiction <laughs> no books, I mean books written by Josh well, Reynolds well as you were saying it's a, a book without any heroes he tried to write a book without heroes and yeah. that's typically not a type of novel that I will read okay. I don't like mob movies either mm-hmm. never seen them weren't a big like, Breaking Bad fan nope I like to have good heroes sure and bad villains not and, the way of the world Paul well I know God but I like my uh, I like my movies to be an escape God so. forbid you have a good villain and a bad hero ooh Oh, that's where it gets so tasty for me. Yeah. <laughs> Flip me over. Um, do, do I recommend it? Yes, I recommend it. I I would say that I liked the what maybe more than the how. I feel like we learned quite a bit about Shadespire and, and stuff that I wanted to know. Like it, it revealed, I guess it didn't re- solve mysteries as much as it like ordered them in sort of an ar- arrangement so that like you sort of knew what was going on there. Um, that sense didn't make any sense. Uh but I found at some point... You knew definitively that you couldn't know anything definitively. Yeah, exactly. I, it was one of those things, I didn't know what I didn't know before, and now I know what I don't know. Um, so that's a one way to look at it. Uh, however, there were points in the book where it was... I didn't understand... I think uh, there were some limitations to the way he wrote, making sure that he gave equal time to equal, each character, because there were sometimes one character wasn't doing anything, and I didn't need to get a glimpse in that. And so that took me out of it sure. for a little bit. But by no means would I say that... I wouldn't recommend the book because of it. That's just maybe one one particular con. Um, I liked the plot. I liked the story. I like where the characters started. I like where they ended up. Um, so in that regard, I think it's worth reading. Plus, it's a Reynolds book. And if you ever want to read another Reynolds book, you have to read this one because who knows when someone's going to pop in. <laughs> um, so Aaron doesn't make the rules. He just follows it's them. It's just yeah. one big story he's <laughs> my, writing. My hands are tied. Um, <laughs> Yeah, cool. So I think generally the consensus is that you should check it out. Man, that's always our consensus. Um I would uh, I would say that this is an AOS novel unlike any other AOS novel that we have read so far. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I would find it very hard to find another book to be like, if you read this book, you would like this book as well. I think it's kind of a new type of novel. Sure. And it's a new like development. The one maybe objection, did you listen to the Shadespire audio dramas from last advent? I don't think I've listened to those yet. I would maybe do those mainly because the subject matter is almost exactly the same thing. So that would be yeah. the one. If you like those audio dramas, you'd probably like yeah, I think if you like the tone of this, you're going to like the tone of the audio dramas. Yeah, correct, okay. correct. Um, and maybe with the new Hamilcar uh, audio drama, too. Ooh, I haven't listened yeah. to that one yet, but I wonder oh, if that's any good. Ooh. What about the... There's some parts of this that remind me of like the, the Path to Glory stuff, um, whereas the... That's fair. Just in terms of like the from the point of view of the bad guy yeah, sure. chasing... Evan Dickin, right? Well, mm-hmm. I, uh, not only that, but uh, Nagash the Undying King, King yeah. um, where... Uh, Reynolds is great at this like mm-hmm. the, and it's one of the reasons I think he's great is uh, he finds a way to make his villains 
often make his villains compelling, like sure. interesting, instead of just being like a caricature. Um, you can understand their motivations, uh, and they're more complex than like, I just want to do bad stuff. You know, like, okay, I, I understand why this guy's doing his thing. And, um, you know, similar, and, and that was, that was a great thing about, about, uh, the path to glory and then, um, call of Archaeon, which we, we never did. Oh, review, that was really but, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. uh, cool. So I think that covers what we think about it. Maybe now we start talking about the spoilers stuff. Spoilers. Sure, we need a cool bumper for that. Yeah. I feel like I probably said the same thing last time. Put a track under that, a little bit of bass. Oh, yeah, all right. I mean, should we harmonize the... No one else is doing it. All right, this is where we do the spoilers. Right. Hey, it's Aaron again, the worst member of the Mortal Realms. Hey... Thanks for not telling the other guys last time that I did this. It's our little secret, you and me, to our graves. I'm going to start this one-sided conversation the same way I did last time, with a call to action. Do you like what you've heard of Shadespire, the mirrored city so far? Are you thinking you want to get your hands on it and read it straight through before we crack it like a shade glass mirror, ruining it forever? Then head to the show notes where we've got links to go buy the book in whatever format your heart of hearts desires. Fair warning, though. Some of those links give us a tiny little bit of a kickback, but guess what? I'm not going to tell you which ones because it's a mystery like Shadespire. If you've already finished it, maybe in a previous life, maybe while trapped in a death hell city where time has no meaning, do me a favor and help me help my dearest and closest friend in the whole entire world, Josh Reynolds, by going to Amazon or iTunes or Goodreads or wherever you review books and leave one. A review, that is. After straight-up sales, reviews are pretty helpful in ensuring that more books like these get written. You know, I actually don't have any proof of that, so don't quote me on it. But it feels right, doesn't it? And if you want to tell them that the Mortal Realm sent you, that would be ridiculous and cool. Ridiculously cool. Since we're talking about Shadespire, I just real quick want to reinforce a couple of new projects that the team is working on. Davey already mentioned his new Warhammer Underworlds podcast, What the Hex? And you can check that out at www.themortalrealms.com slash whatthehex. Or follow him on Twitter at WTHCast. Eric is reinventing the campaign phase with uh, Brian Orban right in this very feed, talking everything narrative gaming. The first episode of their New World Order actually precludes this one, episode 32 if you missed it, so go give it a listen. And speaking of New World Orders and previous episodes and podcasts, Eric and Paul have birthed a brand new phase called the Scrying Phase, where they make outlandish predictions about the future of the game that we love so very, very much. Davey and I weren't invited because we stopped believing in the magic, akin to a child no longer believing in Santa Claus. Our loss. Give the inaugural episode a listen, number 33, in this very feed as well. And lastly, uh, just a call for you folks to reach out and let us know what you think, whether about the book or the podcast or our sweet intros, uh, whatever. You can find us at Twitter, at The Mortal Realms, or any of our other contact or information can be found at themortalrealms.com. All right, that's it. Let's get at it. Now. All right, cool. Um, I guess we'll just dive right into it. Let's talk about the plot. So how does this book start? It's a little different than many books. All right, David doesn't want to do it. Paul, hit me. Uh, this book starts with them wandering into the ruins of Shadespire. Mm, how does this book start, though? Oh, yes. It starts back. You uh, set me up. All right. <laughs> I got this, boys. <laughs> right. I got this, boys. Eric, lay it on me. <laughs> so this is, this is a little historic, right? It's... Oh, again, we don't know time, but it does seem like it is um, before they've had to deal with the ramification of Nagash. And uh, as far as characters go, 
um, set with a, a royal meta, uh, person in the Cataphrane family. Yeah. And uh, uh, she's fighting with one of her... Um, Blade slaves, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Somebody yep. doesn't even know her name. Yeah. She's trained with her since she was a kid. And was, no need. Um, and, and why did she not know her name? Do you remember that part? It wasn't important. Because uh, her tongue was cut out. Oh. That doesn't mean somebody else. <laughs> the point of it was more so <laughs> that it wasn't important to her who yeah. this person was, what her name was. Yeah. Because um, somebody else could have told her the name, right? So, I mean, so but she's in front of people. Uh, they're cla- you know they're performing and she's they're clapping and then she kind of dismisses and she's going off talking. She's in the garden, and the garden is full of shade glass and ancestors. And each of these shards is another family member or another somebody from some fa- some line of uh, lineage of her family. Can I expand on that on that slightly? <sighs> sure. Uh, there are no plants in this garden. The sculptures are of plants and the garden is shade glass sculptures of plants of trees of everything else so like don't it's have, a garden don't but have it's, to water it yeah exactly yeah. but it's completely composed of shade glass sculptures which wait, i thought was a really cool image wait, it's like they're in a desert they don't have to water it what i didn't even think about that <laughs> but it's hard to look at when it's this, sunny this character is sedila like sedila yeah yeah um so that's that's where we start and then she goes into the garden onto a little bit of a walk a cousin of hers comes in and I guess. Uh, they start talking. And I wonder if they'll be important later. <laughs> Weird. Um, and but she kind of mockingly, uh, you know, again the the arrogance of the cataphranes that they've cheated death, they've mastered everything, they live forever, they've got no pain, they don't fear anything, and she mocks Nagash. Uh, Makesh is like the undying king has spies everywhere you know he's, he's he could be listening she says let him I'm sure he'll be as fascinated with this conversation as I am because she's bored but <laughs> you know, like she, she's blowing him off right sure and oh, that might have been the straw that broke the camel's back it might have been hubris her yeah, yeah can we pause one second here for something I think is really interesting um, when Makesh is following her Makesh is in the shade glass already right um, I don't believe so. No. Uh, I think he's there. Okay, no, he's he's walking around. So then her father is in the shade glass. Yes. That's yeah. correct. All right. So her father is in shade glass, and whenever I've thought about the shade glass and how that works, I've thought about somebody being within an item, right, within a mirror, within a you know sculpture, whatever. And that is not the way that it works. Her father is allowed to travel from any piece of shade glass to any other piece of shade glass. Yep. So. It's more like this just interconnected network mm-hmm. that her father can freely move around, move through, go anywhere he wants to, as long as it's connected to the Fane way. Is, is, is that the Fane way? Is that the word for that? And I think that's what the word itself actually is, yes. So it's more like the picture frames at Hogwarts. Exactly, because mm. they can travel between picture frames, they can visit other people, yep. and they can interact with people who are outside of the Or the Phantom well. Zone. Sure, sure, keep them coming, don't stop too late. Nope. Like a conference call. Oh, <laughs> Perfect. I didn't think you could. Good job. Um, so, so she 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 uh, blasphemes Nagash right in his Nagash. The face. internet. <laughs> Check. We're done. We're done with that. Keep thinking them though. Write, write them uh, and and post them up later. Uh, so uh, she she blasphemes Nagash and like o- almost instantaneously it was it's like mid conversation at this point right um, that uh, all. Heck, brace, breaks loose. I'm a dad. Mm. I can't keep. I can't swear. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is this is that that um, that shattering that get that that yanking of 
from reality that we were talking about earlier. This is the, earlier. This is the scene where Nagash is pulling the city from its from its roots. I don't know what right. it's pulling them from uh, to cast it off into the um, into the gloaming. Right. Uh, Characters don't know what's going on. We do. We do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just laughing maniacally. I got some <laughs> weird looks when I was reading that book. Um, I was on a plane. Um, but still, so it, the, the characters are, you know, freaking out. Their, their structures are t- crumbling, gra- glasses shattering, as you might expect. Um, to harken back to Davy's joke, if, if people in class cities shouldn't throw rocks or trash talk Nagash. Um, <laughs> and it all goes back to, does anything noteworthy happen before they fall apart, at least um, at this point? Well, the interesting thing is that the shade glass starts to almost collect. It's not that it just, like, shatters and falls to pieces. Mm-hmm. It's that it start like i think there's a tidal wave is what it says basically of these glass shards that just starts consuming the whole city and as we know from previously it should be mentioned shade glass is vitrified grave sand which is the realm stone of shyish true true yeah. which means it inherently yeah. holds a lot of power yeah exactly and so these are the two characters that we will follow along later in the story right um yeah i mean i wouldn't say we we follow them because how could you follow them? They're running around through shade glass. But this is an stuff, interesting but... point because both of them are in the city at this time of catastrophe. Mm-hmm. But later on, both of them are within the shade glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is no really... ritual. There is no other binding that happens. They are killed by the shade glass and they become part of it. I think I think that's the fate of all the cataphranes, okay. which is different yeah. from the way that I assumed. I assumed there was some ritual. I assumed there was some. Well, the... And you might be right. There's a there's how shade glass works illegally that mm-hmm. the cataphrans did it. Yeah. But then when Nagash exacts his punishment. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I don't know that it needs as much explanation. But that if that's the explanation, is he traps them all there? A god mm-hmm. did it. Yeah. A god did it. Well, but he traps them in the shade glass, which is different from the, how they get trapped down later. Shade glass. Sure. Yeah. Um, another interesting Shot little tidbit glass. that was in this first previous <laughs> sector is that other people can choose to pay. To become a part of the Fainway. It is not just cataphranes in there. There are other people who have paid to be there. There are other people who have enough power or enough resources to become <laughs> part of this. So not only was it a nexus of the cataphranes to cheat death, it become a nexus of all the realms. It's mm. part of what made death. Shadespire a city that many travel to. Right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, as far as if you were to take this out of context and try and fit a historical context into it, it's like they were on the Silk Road, right? Mm. This is a, a city of industry trade but also just knowledge where, on the silk road where else have we t- have we heard or read about the fainway is this new to this book is that the fainway was i thought it wasn't no okay no it's, it's no. pretty unique to this uh you you would you've seen reference to it in the uh underworld's games if you've seen it okay, yeah. the fainway sure. crystal and they make reference to it in some of the uh some of the text there's been i mean there's Spoiler been some alert. In my deck, yeah. <laughs> there's been some. In a lot I mean, of people's I think there's been some mysterious um, ways of traveling, and I, I think so. Like when we read um, Galmaraz, and in Shaman, uh, the old city of the dispossessed, there were some uh, portals or realm silverway and that sort of stuff that were a little bit different than what you would normally see. Mm-hmm. I think, and I might have even heard. I think I might have actually heard this on War, either Warhammer TV or or in one of the interviews with somebody or something like that where you know like one-way realm gates or that sort of stuff so maybe sure. it's part of 
Because I'm tired of talking about these nobodies, and instead I want to talk about our two dastardly two somebodies. Seguin. Seguin. Let's let's hop right into chapter one. Oh man, we are flying. Watch out. Uh, So um, in the beginning, uh, doesn't actually our our scene, our setting doesn't actually start in the cursed city of Shadespire, but rather in the the bones, the the remnants, the ruins of Shadespire. I think we had mentioned before that this is. Even after this, uh, you know, thousands of years after this calamity happened, um, people are still traveling to the old city of Shadespire because there's still plenty of stuff to be found. Um, maybe an orc who likes to use his uh, sticks as drumsticks, or a crazy dark elf, or uh, likes to murder everyone. Sure, in sight. A, a ko, uh, I don't know, was it Arcanada or some some capacity? He's looking for treasure. Anyways, the point being is all sorts of people are coming to visit. And that was a reference to your game. You yeah, didn't even yeah. give me a single smile or no, a nothing. Or no, nothing. I mean, yeah. here's the thing. I mean, like when Skirmish came out, uh, the game Skirmish, it's set in Shadespire, which I feel like is AOS's Mordheim, right? Yeah. It is this city of mysteries. Can be anything to anyone. Stories abound. It's yeah, fantastic. It's out, a so. great setting for that. Uh, Shadespire Shyish sure. is that. So uh, the the scene opens up and Raynar knows he's being followed. So he's come here with a band of brothers. I don't know some uh, other people in his employ are working with him, and they know they're about to be ambushed by a bunch of bloodbound. Um, it comes as no surprise to them because this place is for the most part crawling with all sorts of other uh, groups, war bands, uh, peoples who are also here to look for treasure. Um, and you can imagine those groups butt heads here and there. And lo and behold, there he knows that he's about to be ambushed by these bloodbound. Uh, and the next page, uh, lo and behold, um, they the battle is joined by a, a little group of um, reavers. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's Raynar and his is Utrecht. 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 Yeah. Utrecht is uh, you know his his sole remaining companion. Well, no, I, he start, Well, he starts with some other people, right? Don't they die like instantly? Yeah, they get killed in the ruins of Shadespire. Yeah. yeah. So and then there is this transformation where they show up in the city of Shadespire itself. So this blood band, or bloodbound band uh, does a number on his, on his, on his little group and they barely escape with their lives, right? Like just because they're particularly capable fighters, they're able to, you know, sneaky stab um, their assailants and, and get, get away. Um, and that sort of kicks off the, the theme of this initial first couple of chapters is this, this cat and mouse uh, chase between the bloodbound and uh, Raynar. And you start uh, learning a little bit about, yeah, why that, that Raynar was a captain. His guy keeps reminding him he hates it because he probably feels some guilt, right? And uh, we learn that uh, um, the Bloodbound are like, well, he's a coward, but he's also p- pretty good. He keeps escaping this. Yeah, sure. So maybe it's a worthy skull, you know, so it's a tough guy. So yeah, you get that kind of tension starts right away mm-hmm. um, between the two leaders. Sure. As like Raynar escapes, you cut over to Isengrim and you, yep. he's always like, for the, again, first couple of chapters, he always seems to be one step behind Raynar. Mm-hmm. Um, he he sends his you know his his scouts or his, his vanguard or whatever you would call them out out ahead and they they end up getting slaughtered or outsmarted by Raynar whereas Isengrim is always just a step behind but he's really the one who wants to get Raynar's skull. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that they've both been in the city for a little bit. They know the basics of the city. They know the geography a little bit. They know the directions a little bit. They've um, got some stashes, some hideouts. Exactly. They yeah. have some safe places in order to operate from. Uh, so that's that's. Uh, Interesting uh, for later in the book, I think. True. So. Well, and if we're going to reference the safe space, um, so Raynar, after one of his most recent escapes, he escapes to this burnt-out uh, ruin of a temple, and there he's get, given a little bit of a rest, a little bit of a respite, um, as he's able to chat with Utrecht, and we get more character building, and we find out more about his backstory. Um, while and while he's sort of holed up and hiding, Isengrim 
has to resort to some tricks of his own to try and um, sniff out uh, Raynar. So um, he's got a witch in his employ. Yeah, that uh, does not look good on a corn resume. That's true. I, maybe she's a like a priest and not a not like a, yeah. a mage. She seems, sure. Yeah, she seems like more of a casting bones sure. type person. Yeah, so she's able to cast a spell. I mean, cast a blessing um, on Isengrim. Um, that gives him some sort of hunting, sniffing power to sniff out Raynar. What is it? He, his vision goes red or something. It yeah. allows, like, it's heat-seeking vision. He has to give her a sacrifice of blood and offal, which he does by killing his challenger, not just killing, but, like, strangling with his own intestines. Yeah, you want to talk about, yeah. like, you say this is one of the darker books. Like, I'm, I'm like, whoa, this is a different <laughs> book than what I'm used to, like, reading. I mean, that was a what violent happened, scene. What happened to Reynolds? <laughs> Like, what yeah. made him write that? What is that dude seen? <laughs> well, if you actually look at his other writing outside of AOS, this is much more in character with his other is writing. Yeah. Okay. He does a lot of like grim, dark, um, just uh, like think occult. Like most of his other writing is very much occult, very dark. Yeah. Um, so this is very much more in the nature of what he's written in other places. Just back to the scene. He str- strangles a guy with his own innards. But of course, you can't strangle somebody with their intestines. So it... Like it rips. Like that was such like a visceral man. Yeah. 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 Visceral? Get it? Nah. Uh, <laughs> two points. That's what the guys, that's what that word means. <laughs> Everything true. is a pun. Yeah. See? You proved him right. Yeah. We'll prove him wrong yet. Um so uh he uses the switch to, you know, hunt uh cast a uh, blessing on him that he's able to sort of hunt Raynar down, but of course Raynar escapes again. Um he then has a, a band of hum- like humans, like of, of dudes yeah. who are so driven with corn's rage that they basically serve as bloodhounds. Yeah. Um, that was kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah. That's also super creepy. Um, they've basically they, become devolved that the only thing they can do is run on all fours. Yeah. So like ghoulish. He has a lot, uh, yeah. a lot of these tricks, um, which were surprising. Well, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like they're very ghoulish, which is mm, something ghoulies. we have not seen. Um, it'd be an interesting conversion. I'd love to see it as flesh hounds, but, as just devolved oh, reavers. Man, I don't want to see it. <laughs> Gross. Um, but at the end of the day, none of this really matters because these Raynar is able to outsmart him here and there. So, like, he's holed up in his little uh, safe house. Um, but they find him in a safe house. They flush him out. But even still, they're able to squeeze through cracks and, like, escape the blood bloodbound yet again. And at this point, they're running out of options. Um, and they head deeper into the city, and they're, they're referencing this map that they got from some swindler in Hammerhall. Um, and uh, they head deeper into the city, and they head to a, a, a location marked on the map called um, the Gloaming Path, which, I mean, come on, guys. Mm? That seems suspicious. Don't do that. <laughs> That's a bad idea. I feel like number one job, if I were an AOS, number one job, I'd be a map maker. <laughs> I'd make bango comets on making maps. Would they be legit? Would they be real maps? No. no. <laughs> well, then you and um, I don't have the guy's name in front of me, but uh, you'd be best buds. You'd be best buds. I'd be you selling could be him to apprentice. all the Raynars. Sure. Uh, this guy, this dude who made the map, it begins with an N. Um, yeah. He was like, high. He was. R- I told you we shouldn't have bought a map from a guy named, you know, Neckrecht or something like. I'm that. gonna find <laughs> it. No, so, no. Um, so what you're saying is that this was an agent of Degash, perhaps trying to get more. Uh, Necris, coming this way. Necris Letharge. He actually, he actually, uh, he featured in one of those Hammerhall Heralds. Uh, Did he really? Yeah, he was had a little ad. <laughs> nice. Um, so that's why. That's Laziest why I necromancer him, uh, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, so they, they head to the, this gloaming path, and that's when things go south. So, uh, so also worth mentioning throughout this whole uh, cat and mouse chase going on, um, Raynar keeps hearing um, 
uh, a lady's voice or a lady's image, um, you know, in the shadows of the city. So, like, we know that it's he knows too that it's this mysterious, spooky city, and he doesn't necessarily pay too much attention to this this like image that he keeps seeing. But uh, she makes her presence known more and more. Um, so, the head to the gloomy pass. Someone, what, what happens then? What, t- take me on a journey. Uh, so he is he's trying to escape, and then he sees a, a beckoning figure, mm-hmm. right? Was saying like, well, you know, this you're way. you're about to be in a dead end, but I know how you can get out. It's like, well, I guess I got no options. You know, I'm I'm down to just me and my buddy Utrecht, who was a king. Damn it! Yeah, he was, I mean, he's a cool. That character, was a, right? that was an interesting. Like, hey, weren't you a king once? He's like, yeah, it was. Yeah, more trouble than it was worth. Tough, tough to be yeah. a king. <laughs> easier, be a easier be a soldier. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so they they follow this beckoning figure, uh, and then end up through. Going through the looking glass, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, lesson here is whenever anyone beckons you for anything, for any reason, don't go there. Like, yeah. it's never it's a good like, thing. Don't do it. I yeah. mean, tough choice. Like, <laughs> fight off some blood-mad cannibals or follow the... Sure. Yeah. Or, or someone was beckoning. Them, so, <laughs> yeah. Tricky, tricky. It's. I mean, you're caught between a dead end and a dead friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. spoiler alert. Um, I don't know if you got that far. Uh, so, uh, he, he's he's ch- transported elsewhere, and we'll, we'll cut there. Um, Eisengrim hot on his trail uh basically ends down that same path and he too is actually beckoned by the shadowy figure it was and it was sadila at this point or i'm sorry uh but it was the shadowy uh female figure so she's beckoning both of them um and he too stumbles through the looking looking glass i was gonna say looking grass um random completely random please hit me utrecht is the name of a city and there is a warhammer store in utrecht so I don't know if that was intended to be. This book put but him that on sounds the, fun. Yeah, put this him book on the literally map. put him on the map. Yeah. Now, not only is there a Warhammer store in Utrecht, but there is an Utrecht in Warhammer. Oh man, it's go. very uh, yin and yang. It is. Um, so now our heroes are transported into somewhere else. Is there anything? Any other highlights or any other thoughts from uh, the old Shadespar we want to talk about? It definitely defines it as a city, right? Sure. As opposed to just the map that we got, which is you know like you can make a map look big, but there's a map in the underworld shadespire mm-hmm. that we have and it's a little bit of like a center of the city map shows you kind of a little bit of what's going on this is much more of a sprawling metropolis sure. a yeah. ruined sprawling Urban metropolis setting yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um so that was brought to home in the first couple chapters yeah i agree which no, was that's, cool that's true yeah i was just i'm in my head i'm thinking of like um what was the will smith movie where he's the like the men last- in black no, where he's the post-apocalyptic. Uh, I am legend. I am legend. That kind of idea of a giant, yeah, that, that giant city that's oh, overtaken it? by yeah, things, okay. like by the plants and nature or whatever. In this case, again, you t- we tend to think of like ruins in fantasy as being really small scale, mm-hmm. whereas this would be the biggest scale. Like It'd be like the city of elves in Lord of the Rings, but you know, ruined and you know, overtaken again. It'll be like Chicago, right? Like, yeah. Why do you, you got to come after Chicago? Like, yeah. Because of so Harry Dresden. Dresden. <laughs> because of Harry Dresden. Because no. it's set in mm. Chicago. It's got magic. It's got... I haven't read either of those. Yeah. What? Um, no, I know. Uh, the giant city overtaken. Many possibilities of places. Like, there could be a hundred other stories told in this setting. Sure. And I hope I hope there are. Yeah. Not 99, not 101, but 100. Um, <laughs> cool. And so then, so we're there. I think this sort of takes us into a new... Uh, aspect or a new um turning point so for this book when she beckons them yeah. how do what do they do they just go through shadow do like they he re- one of them reaches a dead end and it ends up being like a 
he sees his reflection and ends up being a wall of glass or something. And of course it shatters because it, it, if it's a piece of glass in this book, it's going to shatter. Yeah. For sure. um, so there's that foreshadow. There's, there's that point. Shatter. And I think another one, like the floor like ends up being glass and he falls through it or something. Mm, yeah. I don't know. It's all think of a way that someone can crash through a window and that's yeah. not what happens basically. Uh, not to trivialize. So where it, are but, we now? Uh, we're, uh, Shadespire. Uh, did you not know this is this is Shadespire? Uh, no. Um, so let's start with Reynard. So he wakes up uh, with Utrecht. Uh, they're, they're nearby, fortunately. Um, Disoriented, yeah, cut up by going through this shattering pain. Yeah, right. Yeah. So and they're greeted by uh, shattering pain yeah. and uh, shattering pain. So much pain earlier. Uh, they're greeted by a real friendly dude, actually. Yeah. I mean, a little skinny, but you would be too if you were in a weird like. It's nothing wrong with skinny. No, of course not. Yeah. And so it, don't, don't. I'm real friendly too. He's cool. He, he, he's asking for news from the outside. He's like, "Oh, if you're here, you're surely damned." And they're like, "Well, where where are we?" And he kind of deflects. He's like, "Hey, uh, what do you know about Glimpseforge? Glimpseforge, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We we know this from uh, uh, Soul Wars, sure. right?" He says, "Last I knew, dead men were capering on the walls." And, uh, you know, so he's asking for news from the outside, which means, you know, he's been, he's, he's trapped here. So there's some indication already that you're in some form of no escape situation. Well, when he asks about the dead men, uh, he responds, oh no, there wasn't a dead man last time I was there. So the question is like, where in time, like, are they at this point too? Are they before or after? Like, well, the question is, is that, is the, the skinny guy saying what actually happened or is, um, Raynar saying what he, is he, Past that or before that? That's the. I, you know, yeah. You're right. I don't think we know. So, we, like, yeah. so if it was, it could be post Shade Spire's uh, gloaming. Yep. And pre uh, Soul Wars. Yeah. Or it could be post Shade Spire's gloaming and post Soul Wars, and that could be the resolution of the Soul Wars. So yeah, is that the dead? There is a definitely a period of time in Soul Wars where there's dead people in Glimpseforge, mm-hmm. bookended yeah. by no dead people at Glimpseforge. Ain't wrong until Helios gets his hands on him. <laughs> Don't get me started about Helios. Or your poet. My dude. Um, so anyways, uh, so everything's great and they become great friends and, and really they, they cement their, their bond of friendship. Um, incorrect. No, actually he leads a whole series of cannibals. Not to be confused with like the flesh eaters, which is what I thought initially. Um, but no, they're just regular people eating regular people. Um, <laughs> And uh, lightning fast, they come out of the woodwork and they attack our, I'm hesitant to say heroes, but let's say main characters. Um, they got knives, they're stabbing, Utrecht goes down, even though he used to be a king. Um, yeah. And uh, it seems pretty bleak for our uh, Raynar. Out of fire, frying pan into the fire, um, he's gonna, instead of getting murdered by a bunch of bloodbound, he's going to get murdered by a bunch of uh, cannibal dudes. Paul wants to say something. Super interesting point here. We'll be the judge on, Yeah. Right? Nobody in Shadespire needs to eat. There's a band of cannibals. But they also crazy. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. like, they're not even just, like, kind of crazy, like, normal cannibals I mean, that we have in AOS. Haven't you ever eaten because you're bored? <laughs> but it's pretty much it, right? Look, like, they go around me. and eat no. other people because they're bored. Little sea cannibal. <laughs> little sea cannibal. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. They're not only just, like, insane because they're cannibals, but they're insane for even cannibals. They're double insane cannibals. They're double insane. Cataphrane in the membrane. Kind of fraying in the brain. Anyways, um, I'll play along. It kind of works because it's fraying <laughs> yeah. in the brain. Get it? Because so uh, intentional. So, uh, <laughs> Raynor's basically toast, except 
he is saved because everyone always gets saved at the last minute, except for Utrecht. Um, but, <laughs> well, except for the and other the, character we talked about. All the other finish yeah. doesn't get saved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, stomp, stomp, stomp comes some familiar faces. I was super excited when I read these dudes roll up. But uh, Steelheart's champions, all, all three of them, I'm pretty sure, uh, uh, take take the stage and start smashing in some cannibal skulls. So Severin, Oberyn, and Angerad. Yeah, I had no idea that was her first name because everybody just calls her Bright Shield, right? Yes. I knew that was her first name, but I, didn't, I haven't played that much. What? And I do play sometimes. Anyways, uh, so they're they're rolling up and they're there to save Raynar. Um, yeah. You find out shortly, maybe getting ahead a little bit. They were actually sent there, like they were there to look for him, him specifically. Um, surprisingly enough, um, but they're there to uh, rescue him. And also, there's an additional character here, Cord. Uh, Cord. Mm-hmm. Uh, my man is a fire slayer. Yeah. Uh, not is that Cord. a man? Well, the sure. Dwarden. Touche. Yeah. Uh, Fire Slayer. Uh, Dwarden. Um, so am I correct in thinking that he is the Chosen Axe's leader's son? Did I read that right? I Actually, that might be true. Uh, I, I think I that think is correct. So. Yeah. I think I think that's where I, I came up with it. Because he's not one of... I looked him up. He's not one of the dudes he's not in one the of war. The yeah, yeah. But I think he's his son. Or like a rune son, right? That's what they call him. I, yeah. Um, so he's also there. And he, he's, although not in charge, but sort of ends up being like a... a I don't want to say buddy, but a com- companion. We're Compatriot. kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, but like he, he ends up taking point on interacting with Raynar and and um, sort of gets him to safety while the Stormcast are you know cracking skulls, mm-hmm. um, and they're able to escape or defeat. I guess I don't know. It depends how you look at it. Um, from the cannibals, which is uh, just to dwell on Cord for just one second. It's an interesting point that um, Cord is the son mm-hmm. of the Chosen Slayers. I believe you're absolutely correct. So not only have the chosen slayers come in, but now his son has come in as well mm-hmm. to avenge him. So like it's this ongoing tragedy of the fire slayers. Well, I'll tell you what, it's not even just to. I mean, this is a fine place to talk about, it, not to avenge him, but rather, uh, it's their lodge's job. It yep. was their job to save Shadespire, and it fell anyways. And so that that's kind of their oath right now is to roll up and. Yeah. and either we find it out here or soon sooner after, so we're not too far ahead. But um, it's it's their oath to um, protect it, and since it's been ruined, they're still sending folks in there to like. I don't know, save it, redeem it, what have you. Um, so it's just super they'll fulfill this oath to their grave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, or not their grave. Sure. Well, I mean, there's very little graves in Shane's part. Um, so that's basically the end of that scene. They're able to boogie off and, and sort of leave the area. But who comes tumbling in after them? Eisengrim. Our Eisengrim. boy Eisengrim. What's he yeah. up to, Davey? Well, he shows up. And Big then, C uh, cannibal. There's, there's, the, there's the same cannibal who greeted uh Raynar as he came in who I will point out died yeah yeah yeah. uh and he's he's starting to make the same greeting and then Isengrim's like he's not playing I'll cut you down no big deal (laughs) and the guy's like no 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 not time yet and then kills him and then glances down on a piece of glass and the guy's starting to come out of the glass like look I told you it's not time yet and he starts coming out he's like oh break that glass yeah 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 uh, um, again, don't be a piece of glass in Shadespire. Yeah. Go and get broken. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he's able to get a, like a, a dagger in his forearm or something like that. And yeah. Uh, Isengrim ain't going to play. Um, so that's cool. So Isengrim, not saved, but uh, joined or he meets up with. or um, So he came in and kicked his glass. <laughs> that's why we brought you on. Came here to um, kick glass. <laughs> Take names. Take names. Um, <laughs> Kicking glass and 
taking cataphranes. What? Oh, that'll be the tagline of this one. All right. Um, so uh, he's not saved, but rather in this sort of in a similar vein. And actually, it's worth pointing out this happens a lot. Whenever something happens to Raynar, a very similar thing or a, a mirrored yeah. thing ends up happening to Isengrim, or you know, a little different. Reynolds is intentional. I mean, it's not even to get it. That is it. Like <laughs> yeah. that is the book, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very very parallels yeah. uh, or maybe even circular. Yeah. Anyways. And very intentional. So, uh, whereas Raynar gets Steelheart's champions in uh, a Fire Slayer, uh, instead Isengrim gets a, a whole posse of the Warden and his petitioners. And, yeah. and other, they're not all petitioners, the other folks in his warband. Um, and a just a generic Chaos Warrior, which doesn't really fit any of the bill or fit that pattern of the other warbands. But that's cool, because he's uh, pretty cool in his own right. So Chaos Warrior is in the big armor cloak. Yeah, so yeah. this guy's got a series of like laughing faces on his armor and like is it demons cavorting? Is that the word they something use like across that, his yeah. armor or something like that? So it's uh, pretty nonspecific. One might say he's um on what do they call it when you're not don't have a god undiv- unaligned. Unaligned well, undivided? Um there's the all chosen or the ever chosen. Yeah. Is that no, I was thinking more Ever like chose is aligned to everything, yeah. but yeah, there's the like undivided. Like, yeah, the undivided, old term from yeah. Warhammer yeah. Fantasy was called undivided. Yeah. So I think that may be what this guy is, or he's he's being secretive, and that may not be the case. Does, but does he have a name? Uh, he does have a name. It's Zuvas. Zuvas. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think so. I'm gonna go with it. Sure. Um, I like him. I love him. So he is now sort of the mouthpiece, sort of filling that same role that Cord does a little bit. Um, introducing Isengrim to the, this setting. Obviously, Isengrim has a lot of questions that will not be answered immediately because this is a novel and that's not how it works. Um, also mystery. Sure. Uh, Isengrim picks a fight with one of the um, Warden's dudes. That, um, which one? Prince of Dust? No, the champions. The, what, the, oh. the Warden? Oh, What's no, the, cha- oh, the, champion the champion is a dude. Yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, so he takes him out mano a mano and, and dusts him right then and there, which is also pretty cool. I yeah. thought, thought for sure he's going to get beat in some capacity. Yeah. Um, but Zuvas smooths over uh, high uh, emotions and says, "Hey, um, you're gonna want to come with me because we're gonna we're gonna show you the lay of the land." And Isengrim's yeah. got nothing else going on, so he says, "Sure." So we kind of skipped over something here. If okay. you haven't read the background, right? So um, we talked about the cannibal, yeah, and he was killed, sure. but he's back. This is the thing about Shadespire: you can never be killed, right? And so when he kills the hand, the the prince, right, the champion, champion, they're going to expect him to come back. Right when Utrecht is killed, they're going to expect him to come back. This is a necessary part of the narrative that, of like, because we've all played and understand with the setting, sure. we didn't. I don't think specifically extrapolate out. Um, so everybody is told you're going to die. This is a part of this existence, yeah. and you're never going to escape. This is just how we live, and this is what we do. Yeah, well, that, I don't think they skipped it though. I mean, but that's part of this is the first time you're seeing that they're alluding yeah. to it. Later on, you yeah. get those. I think it, there's a lot of walking and talking. This is like a Sorkin um, show, and mm-hmm. that that gets brought up. I mean, alluded to, questions yeah. asked about it, well, but like yeah. they find Utrecht out. in particular, like, no, he's gonna come back. You might not know him. Yeah, he might never find you. Sure. but he's gonna come back at some point. Mm-hmm. Very uh, reforging esque but obviously not exactly the same. Yeah, is, is it, who's telling them? Cord's explaining that yep. to uh, okay. to Raynar, and I. I don't know if Zubas gets to it right away, but eventually, I mean, it's yeah, revealed right. to Isengrim as well. Or he susses it out because he saw sees a dude that he just killed try to, like, right, right. R- return to the world. Um, and ba- oh, and furthermore, the reason he's even able to convince Isengrim to come with him is because he tells him, hey, look, I know you're after this skull, and I'm going to be able to help you get it. Um, 
whether now or eventually like that ends up being sort of the 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 crux of their relationship is Zubas seems to know the area and he seems to know how Isengrim can accomplish his goals. Well, and not only that, but what his goal is. Sure, which is already pretty spooky. Well, it seems yeah. to me that in Shadespar, that skull, you could get that a lot of times. Sure, like what's the, what kind of multiplier can you get on? Yeah. <laughs> you could yeah. build a mountain. What is it? A pier- what did Corgus Cole try to do? You could try to build that pyramid on our skulls. You could yeah. build a yeah. pyramid of that one oh, dude's just skull. one guy's skull. Yeah. yeah. I just learned the other day that there's more. No- there's a number bigger than infinity. What? So- infinity plus one? Nope, not even that. It harkens back to an earlier conversation. All right, so they're both heading their, their separate directions, um, learning about the, the city as they go. So, so Raynar is heading towards the Jade Palaces. Right? Ja- Jasper, Jasper Palaces, palaces sorry. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Correct. And I don't remember where Isengrim is heading towards. Do you there's, remember? There's a name for it, but it's some some fortress. Um, but it's, it's at this part of the book where we start learning uh, a bit more about um, the setting um what uh what situation the uh the characters are finding themselves in it, it's very uh ex- expositionary um a lot of like i said a lot of walking and talking at this point one of the things that i really enjoyed is that when they're starting to talk about the new characters coming in Raynar and Isengrim everyone else that's in this place in Shadespire talks about how they are basically still vibrant with the life of the realms a little bit Sure. Like Ray, Raynar has this passion um, for staying alive, right. right? And this becomes a defining feature of him. Yeah. And Isengrim has this passion for corn. Yeah. Everybody's just like, corn can't see here. Corn doesn't understand what's going on here, right? Yeah. And he's like, no, this is what's going on. And he refuses to be swayed from his belief that corn can see him mm-hmm. and corn can hear his offerings. I, I thought that was a really interesting dynamic yeah. that they played placed in this story. It's an opportunity to get a little more about those characters uh, and about, like you say, the character of Shadespire by mm-hmm. understanding like what is what is notable for people who've been there for a long time. But also, they talk about the petitioners, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, this is this is a fun thing if you play the game a bunch. You know that you know the the uh, Sepulchral Guard have three petitioners, and I don't know what exactly are they. And this this explains their their. Uh, citizens of Shadespire and they're not just like your traditional skeletons that died and got brought back to life like Nagash said you are not going to die what you are going to do is rot away uh, until you are nothing but a skeleton like you you're going to have to like suffer the pain and discomfort of your your body rotting away until you're nothing left and then you've reached the perfection of death which is where I want you to be mm-hmm. and so they're petitioning him for like oh you know please grant us mercy or whatever and that's so that's it kind of like sure. a wailing and uh yeah. and a pleading a begging well yeah. and actually they give a description later on in the book but i think it might be appropriate to discuss it here where the petitioners have their eyes sewn shut and they have their hi- hands sewn to the one in front of them sure like there's uh, all i kinds can't of... i couldn't tell exactly if the hands were sewn shut or if they were sewn to the person in front of them that's a human centipede situation exactly like, like literally it says I'm and they walk as if they were a human centipede <laughs> What was our safe word? <laughs> Peacock. Peacock. Well, reforging. Well, <laughs> time for our reforging. That's what that I say. That might come up otherwise, though. Uh, <laughs> no, what I like, too, though, is what's interesting to me in that, in terms of like all of AOS, is that that the gloaming, or the Shadespire specifically, is some place that other gods can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it just, I mean, all those things are kind of interesting in where you can, if you are a god, you can manipulate the the void, the realms, the whatever, shape it in such a way that it can deceive other gods. Um, you know, the gods aren't omnipresent. 
Right. It is crazy to me. Why does the God of Death have the ability to put it between two light and shadow such that a chaos God can't see it? Like, I feel like those are all very disparate, like, connections. And it's not always entirely clear to me, like, whether they are actually, whether it's 100% not visible by other gods or whether he's hidden it. Because, like, it it leaves it ambiguous at times. Like, you know, there'll be a death and, like, uh, Isengrim hears, like, a, a rumble or a roar or a laugh and, uh, and he chooses to believe that it's corn, mm-hmm. uh, but it may not be. But I, I like that it leaves it ambiguous, like, and, and it gives him some hope, like his weird chaos yeah. worshiping hope that, like, these acts of violence that are doing, or you know, he's doing them in service of this of this god that he's he's pledged to. Um, mm. And the same thing for the uh, uh, for the stormcast, right? Like they hear they hear a rumble, and it might just be Nagash laughing, but they they. Maybe it's maybe it's distant thunder, you know. Mm-hmm. So well, uh, to similarly Undying King, where Nagash gets a peek at what um, Tyrion and Teclas are doing with, and and um, that Marathi is not Marathi. Yes, Marathi. Yes, Marathi. When she starts kind of cheating Ty- mm-hmm. Tyrion and Teclas, then that's when Nagash is able to see that thing going on, um, and so there's a little bit of that. I, you know what it's kind of like. Also in the gloaming, it's. It's like putting up a website and not telling anybody about it. Sometimes it's just too big. The realms and the non-realms are just too big. You're just not looking everywhere. You can't possibly look everywhere. Sure, that's a very... So, uh, until you know where to look. (laughs) So, until you know where to look, you're not going to find it. Well, it's also that um, corn, slanesh, etc., right, typically deal with living followers. And when you're in Shadespire, they keep being told that, like, like, this is its own afterlife. This is its own out of time right so it's possible that they cannot see them because they are no longer alive right right i mean side note right like theoretically this place of like constant perpetual violence killing Mm -hmm. again and again would be very pleasing to corn except that maybe he can't see it yep you know so well and especially which given the name underworld right implies that it is but yeah what i like about that idea is that this makes this a place of despair even for for corn followers who you know like normally like oh this would be sweet well actually it sucks for them too it would, mm-hmm. well yeah. it would suck for um zinch yeah nothing changing yeah right well Stasis. Uh, no, but it's always changing though at the same time so mm-hmm. where do you draw that line mm-hmm. well and it's also a place of despair though for nagash followers because nagash wants complete order and because everyone dies and it comes back there is no order right every god is in despair in this place i mean i i get the sense and we're really like kind of but this is fine to, to be taking a look so. at this is, is the book it, uh i feel like the underlying idea of the city and the citizens and those who think they understand what's going on is that they're striving to to get it there there's there's multiple factions there's some who think that hey we can escape from here there's mm-hmm. some who think escape is an illusion there's no way we can escape what we need to do is make this whole thing pleasing enough to Nagash that he finally forgives us and we can get out of here that way. I mean, in one way or another, people are looking to get out. It's just differing opinions on how you can possibly get out of here. Sure. Mm -hmm. 
these are all the sorts of conversations or are, are alluded to like throughout this book throughout the, like the walking and talking is these are sorts of sort the sorts of things that like the characters are sometimes grappling with too mm-hmm. in terms of what the purpose of this place is and what whether or not they can get out and what what the right course of action is so um a lot of this book ends up being like waxing phil- philosophical in terms of uh what it means to to live here to exist here what whether it can end and what that mechanism is so uh these are all appropriate conversations. Well, in particular, this waxing philosophical Zubas comes to the fore a lot in this. Yeah, you know, he'll he'll talk about uh, he he's so he's talking to Eisengrim a lot, and maybe they have something in common because he's a chaos warrior, but he doesn't seem to hold the same allegiance as uh, Eisengrim or any or anybody. Like he's kind of doing his own thing. Eisengrim threatens him a bunch of times. He just <laughs> doesn't seem to like really you know react too tough to it. You know, at one time where he's he's threatened based on some comment he's made he says uh, you know duly noted my apologies friend Isengrim says we are not friends oh but we will be <laughs> we will be as brothers you and i i have seen it on the walls so what does that mean yeah i know but he makes he makes so many comments this way right yeah, like, of like course. he he either he knows more about what's going on than a lot of folks or he's pretending to sure well imagine let me throw this at you what if ouch right, he's experiencing Shake glass house be careful yep. yeah let me do it what if uh, Zuvas, you know, he he gets killed, yeah. and he comes back and he's experiencing another part of his life cycle before he kill, dies again? What if that's not linear either? What if he died and then came? Oh, let's listener, let's, listener, we're tapping our noses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, you go for it. All right. Oh no, no, I'm just well, saying, no. I'm, now's not that. I mean, I'm just saying you, you've hit on something that that will be appropriate later. Yeah. Um. So one of the things I also like to talk about is how. This setting of Shadespire is different from the previous setting of Shadespire that we have seen. Um, and what it talks about is that this setting of Shadespire, it will shift around. Like, it, the map is the same, but it never leads to the same place. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the map changes, right? Like, like, a, yeah. like a staircase in Harry Potter. Second Harry Potter reference. Boom. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and I thought of it visually because at times, like, they talk about the warping, you know, like, he'll turn or, like, hey, I recognize this, but it's not leading. Like, um, inception right mm-hmm. where yeah, yeah, where the, the city like curls up on up itself, on itself yeah. or uh was doctor strange, strange yeah like yeah, yeah. some crazy oh, stuff yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, even like some of the the cog cities and stuff like that have those features well it's that's a feature not a bug actually. it's like uh, Raynard's like it feels like i'm in a cog fort from hammerhall right yeah, i think yeah, like he, he he mentions that but you'll walk into an alley and it'll just close itself off you'll walk through a door that you know goes somewhere and it'll go somewhere else yeah um, and the other thing, the other very prominent thing that is mentioned is that there is a statue on the edge of the city that is constantly watching over the city. Yeah. And it is referenced that they believe that that is a part of Nagash's soul. Like, so we're right. going back to this Nagash, the undying king, this person thing has a part of my soul. This thing has a part of my soul that this statue is a part of Nagash's soul that is watching everything going on and orchestrating like, everything. Like a Horcrux. Exactly. Like reference. a Horcrux. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen this in other books. Again, Soul Wars, like there's this concept of uh, Nagash exists like in multiple, like there's multiple Nagashes out there uh, and they don't necessarily know each what the other is doing. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, they do, but Nagash being paranoid and deceptive means mm-hmm. that his different components are paranoid and deceptive. He's got a fractured psyche. Yeah. Yep. Kind of like Naruto. <laughs> I don't know it, but... No. <laughs> uh 
But yeah, they, they talk about the statue. It appeared on the first day uh, of of the you know of Shadespire going down the tubes. Sure. Um, so, and he, he, it's cool. Like he'll he'll pop up in different places. Just this statue watching. Nagash is watching. Like he is again talking about the character of the city. Nagash is like like this. This is the hell that Nagash created, and he is interested to watch it. And not only that, as the story goes on, I don't know if I'm getting ahead here, but. Uh, it becomes clear that even Nagash doesn't know exactly what's going on here. Yeah. Like he's, he's created this and now it's like, he's wound up this clockwork thing and it's winding along. He's like, Whoa, See where it goes. Whoa. Yeah. Like what happens when I tear the soul out of a city and <laughs> throw it out into the gloaming and man, you know, oh, I, sure. you know, and, and this is a recurring thing with Nagash, right? Like, uh, unintended consequences, you know, like his making a pyramid and then, yeah. You know. Whoops. A daisy necroquake, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, <laughs> Uh, and and so it, it's happening again here in, sure. in Shadespire. Well, that's the beauty of being the god of death, right? He's like, oh man, I just destroyed a bunch of stuff and killed a bunch of people. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I achieved my goal. Yeah. There'll be more. Um, one of the other things that really, really struck me was how he talked about the architecture of Shadespire. So he talks about very baroque, very uh, yeah. Like there's a lot of like if you think of a medieval city, <laughs> you've got these bridges. You mean baroque? Yeah. <laughs> Both baroque and broken. You've got these bridges connecting. That was intentional. Um, the <laughs> connecting the different <laughs> buildings above you as you're walking. There's a system of canals, covered canals that go through the city. There's garden walkways filled with shade spire. The word, uh, or the word shade causeways glass. used a lot. I know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, there's also uh, the shade glass itself is an ever present thing. Um, there are constantly piles of shade glass all over the place. And he talks about how at certain places it's almost as if it's it's growing mold that's taking over specific parts or specific areas. Um, it, it very much has, like you're saying, a Baroque, but a, just a very antiquarian feel to it. Mm. Um, and it feels confusing just to read about where everything is going. Sure. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, but the, the trees and the plants and everything still exist, and there are unbroken pieces of shade glass, but they are few and far between. Sure. Speaking of uh, places where people are going, uh, how about the Jasper Palaces, which is where Raynar was going, being yeah. led by the Steelharsh champions in, in Kord. Yeah. So they he rolls up uh, at this, mm, it's a palace, but like, I mean, in Shadespear, nothing's a palace anymore. So it's a ruined, burnt-out husk of a palace. And he finds it, pretty heavily populated right like yep. it, it's pretty full of folks um and it turns out these are all the people that the unnamed so far uh leader or, or a cataphrane representative anyways um has sort of been gathering and collecting people that have sort of found their way into Shadespire. the person who beckons yep exactly it, it ends up being her as we find out um who is Sadila. Sadila? Oh, he's doing it. He's just he's playing his hand. Yeah. At this point in the book, you don't know, okay. Davy. My bad. Um, no, it's fine. It's just, we're spoiling our. Yeah, spoilers. we're spoiling our spoilers. Um, it's a series of events. I guess the word's just spoiling. I, I will say, like, I kind of figured it. Was oh no, of course hand. it was. Yeah, no, it had to have been. Um, so uh, he meets a a, a, coll- a collegiate arcane. Uh, sor- or a sorceress or yeah, a she was a cool there. character. Yeah, Ilesh, is that right? Ilesh. Uh, I just remember her last name was Dune. I think. Oh, well, I only yeah. remember the first name. Right. Um, Spice was slow. Our Perfect. powers combined. Uh, <laughs> Form of <laughs> ice bucket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ice bucket challenge. Right now. Well, and she's interesting, right? Because oh, she, she, she's like, 
Eh, it's not so bad. You know, like the one thing I really wanted uh, for my studies was eternal time. And guess what? I got <laughs> it. You know. Oh, no, but her glasses broke. Oh, jeez. <laughs> S- sounds you know, like she's... Twilight uh, Zone reference? Sounds oh like she looks at the hourglass as half full. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so she's there doing research. And now, granted, her research is also how to get out of uh, Shade Spire. So, like, sure, I, mean, she, sure. I mean, everybody wants... She wants to have a backup plan or a scheme. I mean, yeah, but she point. wants to be able to study, work yeah, on something. Like, she's yeah, got exactly. a problem she can work on. Yeah. So she's, she's pretty cool. Um, come across... Uh, there's a there's I want to point out this reference just because it's a reference. There's a a dusty dwarf there, a clad in black oh, with dust yeah. on his face. Yep, yep. Uh, throwback to uh, Dirge of Dust and Steel. Yep, Dirge which Dirt I feel like there's another. Or did they re-release that? Re-release that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I Edmund. just saw that and I was like, man, I feel like that title's yeah, no, the right. same one. So he must be yeah. and like Cord gets all like gets real indignant at yeah. him. So like for whatever reason, there's a beef that's never explained. Like yeah. it's even pointedly pointed out that it's not explained. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we harken back to that at one point. Um. Not in this book, uh, and there's just uh, other stormcast that end up being there. Um, there's other folks that are sort of under Steelheart, but then there's other stormcast from different um, chambers, stormhost chambers, yeah. yeah, all that jazz. Or, yeah, stormhost yeah. is the one. You got it. Both work. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and why uh, not both? <laughs> why not both? <laughs> Peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's cool to sort of see this po- uh, a ragtag assortment of folks sort of i mean working or or milling about yeah. and actually interspersed through all these people um, are some more of those i'm not going to call them petitioners but like the citizens of um of shade spire people that have wandered in the shade spire that are sort of deteriorating and and losing their mind so by no means are they do they stand out and that they're not necessarily fighters but they're like these these half living folks that have been trapped in in the city this is real quick this is why i think it was so fun to play uh renown and ruin in shade spires because you could could bring in anybody you could sure. be fighting against anybody i mean it's it's one of those things where in a lot of of the lore you know you want this group versus this group and this one everyone could be coming together there's gonna be there could be a reason for two forces that to- normally wouldn't be working together to work together yeah, absolutely it, it, it's a good explanation for that scenario that would occur in game Paul raised his finger. The name of the Amethyst Wizard is Elisha. Elisha. Okay, not Elisha. Elisha. Not Elisha. Yeah. Not Elisha. I'm Elisha. Elisha. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, I another thing. Another thing we get uh, some on, and this is one of the things that I found. I don't know that I really liked. It felt very Josh Reynolds. Was uh, uh, Raynar is interacting with these Stormcast, and he, he doesn't like Stormcast, mm. right? Like. I don't know if you would assume this. I you, you get the sense that the default is like, hey, Stormcast, like free guild folks, they love them. Sure. Like, yeah, you oh, feel safe, heroes, you feel protected. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he he doesn't. Um, it says he didn't like the Stormcast very much. He never had. Uh, they were a constant reminder of everything he wasn't. So it goes through these different things, and some of it's, it's you know comes off as a little bit of jealousy. Uh, but he, it says, uh, he'd come to the conclusion early on that dying to spare some Stormcast armor, the stroke that might have scratched it was a criminal misuse of his valuable time. Instead, he'd taken the lessons he learned in the free guild and applied them to a new career, that of a sellsword. Yeah. Is that the first time we've come across like that impression? Like, I can't think of another character right? that's so like, uh, vehemently is maybe not the word, but had that strong opinion about not liking a Stormcast. But it's legit, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, you know, you think of, uh, of a frontline soldier's perspective, like, uh, in, in indignant and resentful of, you know, these decisions by generals or by whoever. Like, oh, like, I, I'm, am I going to die on this hill because somebody, you know, somebody that wants dude to get him? Can't die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Why am I Send doing this? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the closest thing is maybe uh, who's the, from the maligned portents that one guy who's 
supposed to be defending a gate or something and he wants like he's like i defended that gate like that like oh yeah i, defended the I didn't get reforged yeah. yeah and nothing yep. came after yeah me. yeah, yeah. Um, uh well and, and this is this is what this is what i think makes for great fantasy uh fiction is fantasy or sci-fi you know whatever you happen to be reading but something where you take like here's this fantastical uh or whatever uh scenario but like we're still talking about people and we're talking about how people react to that. And here's, here's a reaction that maybe not everyone would have, but you can recognize it. Sure, yeah. You're like, yeah, like that makes sense. I, I, I can see where this guy's coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it, you know, cause most people are not going to just, yeah, it sounds cool. I'll, I'll die for Sigmar. You know, like uh, that, that's a, that's, that's a harder connection to make than this one. And so this, this, this makes this guy feel real and it makes the world feel that much more real as yeah, a result. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah. To, to draw parallels with the character you were talking about. Uh, this is another passage. He even received a commendation from steel soul himself for valor in the face of the foe. <laughs> he cadged drinks off that story for months afterwards, even if he hadn't been able to meet the Lord Celestine's eyes at the time. Same thing as a character oh, you're talking yeah, almost about, right? Exactly the same. Exactly. Situation. He was yeah. like, well, you know, people told me I was great, and like I got drinks, but nothing else happened. Yeah, true, true. And yeah. maybe just real quick, I want to make this reference. I didn't want to bring it up earlier when we were talking about him in terms of he used to be a free guild captain. He actually was a free guild captain in the Faithful Blades, yeah. which is the the free guild regiment or whatever that fought along the Steel Soul in uh, Hammerhall in the Hexwood. Actually, so we read that, and we actually talked about that in an earlier episode. So he was one of the people there that was fighting his way through the the Hexwood with. Well, yeah, and that one we we get to meet a number of free guildsmen that are loyal that you know uh you know man the guns and and kind of are yeah, that's their kind of first and they're they're showing some uh kind of conflict with the the locals, those who had stayed in the realms and survived and so that's interesting that this guy's coming out of that specific. Yeah, ex- exactly. So Aaron, Another ref- Reynolds reference. How excited were you to have all the references in this book to other works from Reynolds? I I don't know that I have there all were of them. So I, don't know. I wrote a lot. It was many. stressful. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, I, I had a hard time. Um, I, I did call outs on the internet. I was hoping you guys would like write more. Yeah, because um, I don't want to leave one stone unturned in the uh, age of Reynolds. Um, so uh, he, I think that's basically who he meets before he meets the big kahuna here here and like it's over a couple of chapters but we can probably jump to it eventually steelheart rolls up and says hey she's ready for you yeah um leads him through this the winding passages of this palace and it's worth noting that this palace is almost on like mappable like Raynar uh, makes it a point to think that like all right well i want to make sure i know how to get in and out of here i want to find the exits um but the place is so topsy-turvy that like he doesn't know that he th- he could get out if he wanted to mm-hmm. i know i know uh harkens back a pit to a fighter who had the same kind of troubles <laughs> <in> a- <laughs> Uh, roll better um, <laughs> so, and so uh, eventually he's, he's led to this the room the dwelling of of his his benefactor or savior or what, what have you um, it's a room full of shade glass and who who's it end up being but a catafran um, catafran does she end up identifying herself specifically does she call herself by name or do we do we just end up knowing who she is the chapter is called Lady Sedila I don't remember oh gotcha but regardless um, he wouldn't have known who she was no matter who she was but it ends up being a Sedila from the that ep- or prologue but we know who she was but we know who she was and how it, it is fun that we like is. you know she's not just a ghost like we have some glimpse of her when she yeah. was a living mm-hmm. person that's kind of cool well and it kind of informs like and it maybe informs as the story goes on like the sort of person she is and like we from the ep- or prologue we know what kind of her motivations are and mm-hmm. so like makes you already a little suspicious about like what her what she's up to um, well, throughout the course of this book and she's still in a garden. 
right? We saw her in a garden, and then this place in the Jasper Palaces. She's and again in another garden. She got a real green thumb. Yeah, so uh, she's kind of going through and doing the same thing that her father did in the beginning of the book, drifting from piece to piece. Sure. Um, and giving directions as to what's supposed to be going on. Exactly. And so her her goal here now, as she t- as she tells Reynard, is, is look, I want I want to get out of here, and like I'm employing all of you people um, to help me put back together the Fane way. So mm-hmm. the Fane way was shattered, as again everything was when Nagash um, destroyed the city. Um, and so she thinks that if you can fix the Fane way, that'll be her, their way out of there. And she can't do it herself. She's trapped in the, uh, in the shade glass. So, um, she's sending out these minions to go and sort of, uh, acquire the, the pieces. There's no real sense of like how many pieces are needed or like where right. the pieces are. So it's, it no. seems kind of like a nebulous ask, but, um, well, there's no sense in how the Fane way shade glass is different from the other shade glass. Oh no, this one's special shade glass. I think it's Fane the way it is. No, you're no. not wrong. Um, so it was fame the way it was. Renar sort of, I mean, I think he's he's always suspicious throughout this whole whole book for the most part. But he's like, right, well, I've got nothing else to do, so I might as well hang out with this group. Um, so she's like, I, I don't have anything for you right now, but mm-hmm. you will be used eventually. Like yeah. we will put you to work because um, of your skills and, and and what have you. She also makes it a point to say that no one else knows this, which I thought was weird. Like she's like, I'm only telling you because no one's gonna believe you if you tell them. I don't know. Why won't you tell everybody? Like yeah. that's a weird. Like, how are you tricking everyone else into working for you? Yeah, I mean, I think we we discover after some time that like the cat frames are playing their games. Oh yeah, you know? true. So, this is just yeah. a dumb game. Yeah. Like, well, let me switch over to Eisengrim, and he's basically has the same thing where he's brought to meet. Yeah, Makesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and so we've come. We we get here to like the main plot of the story is we have Salida, Lady Salida. With Raynar, and we have Makesh with Isengrim, and very direct, there are, direct parallels. Yeah, there are the two. very direct parallels. There are two different forces, one of whom is completely order, and one of whom is death and chaos. Yeah, um, we don't really have anything with destruction ordered on here. Um, that's a yeah, yeah. Destruction just um, knocks over the blocks. So, one of the other things that happens both to Isengrim and to Raynar is they start hearing voices from their own selves almost as soon as they start walking through the city and the voices are questioning them and um, asking them if this is who they are or uh, it's a constant theme that just because you die doesn't mean that you have died but you can see who you will become when you die in the present Hey, listen, it's a very timey wimey. The book is situation is confusing as what Paul just described. You think, man, Paul's not making any sense. Um, it's because the book doesn't really make any sense in that regard. So because it, the front end is actually the end front. Yeah, you're well, not wrong. So the so basically what's going on is that we have Raynar. I'll just use him as an example, right? Raynar is Pretty seeing good. another version of himself. Perhaps it is a version that has lived after. Perhaps it is yeah. a version that has lived before. But this version is speaking to him. Perhaps it is a version that never lived at all. Perhaps it is a projection of his mind. But he is being taunted, tortured, whatever other T word you can think of by this voice. Exactly. Topsy-turvy. And Isengrim is the same. But Isengrim's voice is telling him that Korn may not listen, that Korn may not do this, right? Raynar's voice is telling him that maybe you're not strong enough. Maybe this is not for you. Maybe you should have just turned around. So they have their self-doubt embodied within their 
presence, and it's following them through the shade glass. It's speaking constantly everywhere they look. They have this constant chatter, this constant doubting that's going on. Yeah, so it really um, sort of colors the uh, the maddening effects of the city. Like mm-hmm. I, I chalk it up to like them going crazy. Um, but I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be. It could, be, like you said, it could be very physical manifestation. Well, I mean, not physical, but like two dimensionally physical manifest manifestations of who they were, or who they will be. I um, mean, and like it follows them throughout the whole book. Um, you reference Eisen Grimm and like what his goal is. So he he like you said is is introduced to Makesh. Uh, and basically his sort of, his plot sort of laid out uh, ahead of him saying, look, we, we know that Sadil is up to some, some stuff over there. Um, we need to be able to fight back. She's crazy. You can't be like, her actions are going to have, you know, terrible ramifications for, for the city. So what we're going to end up doing is we, we need to build an army that would match her own. We talked about all the different sort of folks that she had under her employ. So we need to develop our forces and make sure that we can prevent her from doing whatever she's doing. It's kind of a flimsy like goal, but whatever, they got nothing else going on. He, Zuvas is sort of the, the mouthpiece for all this sort of uh, development. And he's, he says, look, um, we need you because you're a capable warrior, um, to help us lead this army and gather an army. And if you do so, you're going to have your shot at Raynar's uh, skull. And that's sort of how they're able to entice this, what you would think of pretty much a, a, a typical loner like fighter. Um, they say, hey, this is how you can sort of integrate yourself into this into this initiative, and then you'll you'll get what you want in the, in the long run. And again, Isengrim, I think he's very quick to just accept this to be the case. I mean, he's skeptical, but not so skeptical that he's going to object. But he's mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. If it gets me I my mean, skull, then so be it. I think the character of a good corn leader is easily given purpose. Sure. Needing purpose, needing yeah. somebody to tell them that what they're doing is worth something. He's a weapon. He just needs to be pointed somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I would say he's uh, there's a predilection to be giving a destiny those corn followers yeah. Yeah, exact, exactly right and so that um, sort of caps off the, the introductory phase there's a lot of exposition a lot of new characters introduced or you know not even characters per se but just bit characters mm-hmm. sort of flavor the, yep, the yep. setting um, and Seasoning. it sets yeah it sets the stage for what like what's to come because um, when we talk about like there's there's things that need to be done like the next mm-hmm. set of chapters is sort of that those yeah. actions being enacted um, so we can harken back to um, Raynar, jump back into his chapters, and we're we're sort of dropped into a mission um, in in its in its that's in pro in process. So at some point, he and Cord and a wide range of other I don't want to call them mercenaries, but other people under uh, Sedila's employ are are being tasked to chase down militia. This, yeah, uh, yeah, militia um, are being tasked with being chased down, chasing down this this I don't know if he's a um, a peddler or a, a, a he's not a salesman or anything like that but like he he um has been hoarding shade glass pieces like to one himself. of those gnomes in golden axe you have to kick and it pops the sure exactly the potions he's, out he's got treasure he's got some macguffin and they want it it's so like tinkerer yeah i'd say sure sure um yeah okay i buy that um and he, he has something that they need, whether it's a piece of the Faneway or what have you. They mm-hmm. don't really they don't really tell you what it is, but they go th- they run through the city streets chasing this guy down. They're trapped. One of the or not trapped. They they run into traps. One of their allies gets you know killed because of some trap that this guy sprung, and they're able to chase him to down to his hideout. And they don't corner him because of course he has this secret back uh, exit. But he's able to. F- they're able to track him down to his stash. Yeah, track him down to his stash basically, and they're able to. Um, deduce where he's hiding some stuff and they find a key i'm, I'm glossing yeah. over a lot of stuff but i mean mistake that a lot of uh of these characters make is 
Leading people back to their stash. Sure. Well, they make it a point that he doesn't lead them back to their oh. stash. He leads them to a trap. And oh. then he leads them to and the stash. The stash. They're, they're smart enough to out. Josh Reynolds. Reynolds. Well, yeah, and Josh breaking Reynolds. the mold. And there's something else that Josh Reynolds does differently in this book than he's done in previous books. He'll introduce a character and just immediately kill him off. And he doesn't like fully flesh them out. He's like, this That's... guy was in the party. They got killed. Yeah. Right? I think, I yes think we no. can one take of my, some of the blame for that. Yeah. One of my favorite characters of all time uh-huh. was uh, that Nurgle character in... Uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, Grelch, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Is that in the? Um, yeah, I'm gonna. Go, where they go? To? I'm gonna stutter here because I don't know if it was a Josh Reynolds book. Oh it, no, dude, dude died. He's not in gonna the first write any more books. Yeah. He's not gonna let us buy any more of his I'm books. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> our good, our good, <laughs> love you, call me. Good friend, Josh, <laughs> friend of the show, Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Um, so uh, glossing over some stuff because there's a lot of action, but it, yeah. it, the point being is they're able to get to a stash and they find through you know, some secret um, hiding place, uh, they find this key and Cord knows what it is immediately, mainly because it was also hidden behind like a fire slayer ruin and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they find this key. And so that that's worth all the trouble that they went to. Um, and they, they triumphantly bring it back to... Um, is it the key to everything? Yeah. Uh, yeah. To the life of the universe and everything. Meanwhile, Eisengrim is taken by Zuvas. Mm to meet this other Blood Reaver with his warband. Blood to get warrior. a lock. Blood, Blood warrior. Blood warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. Blood warrior with his warband of Blood Warriors. True, true. Um, and Zuvas basically points Isengrim at the warlord and is like, you need that warband. I've seen it. Go take it. Sure. Uh, the dude um, is Vakul. Yeah, Vakul. And so he... Uh, uh, originally created in the uh, Shadespire audio drama, I think Doombound. Yeah. Um, yeah, Doombound. Um, he's David a, Annandale. Yeah, David Annandale, which is the first example. Of, Paul's giving me crap for this first example of uh, cross-author references from from like new characters. I, different people have written Neferata at this point, but um, yeah. uh, which I thought was really, really, really great. So we're we're harkening back to the old um, Shadespire audio dramas. Blood uh, Blood Warrior, uh, like you said. Um, we'll keep going. So uh, Isengrim challenges Vakul, and Vakul doesn't die. Vakul is just like. Uh yeah, you're probably too strong for me. Uh, let's just uh, I'm gonna let you get away with this one, but we'll follow you. Sure, he, it's a duel with words. Yeah, I like to look at it. And I can't remember if it's before or after this, but like epic rap battle. Eisengrim like has some some like obviously like he's established his creds as a fighter. Yeah, but he inspires like there's a there's a group of beaten down corn worshippers like reavers. I think maybe before he managed to absorb Vakul's uh gang into his uh but he's he's uh you know uh Zuvas brings him to these guys and he's like yeah they're they're too beat down and, and uh Isengrim's like yeah you know but he manages to like just with his words fires him up and it was it was one of these it's a pretty well written speech sure. right like yeah. uh I think I was I was texting you yeah. and you were you were sending it back to me like once you got to that part you're like oh man this is pretty this is pretty sweet you know, he's, he's, uh, uh, corn cares not for the coward. He sees not the weakling. Only the strong attract his eye. Only the brave hear his voice. It, if he seems silent, it is only that you cannot hear him. And, like yeah. he lays it back on them. I, I, I was like, huh. I, again, it was a thing where like, I believe these, you know, I believe these characters and, uh, he just writes his, his chaos characters well enough that he's able to, he's able to lay him out as like, I, I believe that this character exists within this universe and, uh, and the speech he's giving is like convincing, you know, like it might not sway me, a person who's not like a cult member. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but prove it. <laughs> I don't have a 
pile of heads under my chair. Um, I don't know if this is the same speech, yeah. but my quote is, uh, we are we are slaughter sworn and we do not fear death. He is our slave fed with scraps from our table. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and, and so there's a number of occasions where Isengrim is, is more than just a killer. Like he, he figures out like he's a leader and this is, a lot of times they'll they'll uh, in these books they'll have here's here's a person who is a leader of of a group of corn worshippers and he's kind of in that position because he's good at killing or whatever. Mm. This is this is a person who's showing you know in a weird way but showing genuine leadership traits like a way that he's yeah. motivating the people. Yeah, he's just exactly. Like, yeah, he's not just exactly like blood for the blood god. Everyone's like yeah. right, right, right. Like uh, he he doesn't have the easy out of like I'm just gonna say the catchphrase and everyone's gonna you know only the faithful. The yeah, lame. <laughs> so to be clear, if you saw a dude like strangle another dude with his intestines, I, I mean, I would just follow that guy out of obligation. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'm going to keep my intestines inside my yeah. body. He right. also kids, kills a second in command a lot. So <laughs> we'll go back to Raynar. Sure. We've Perfect. got this key. And do we know where this key goes to? Um. So, yeah, this key ends up leading, or not leading, but is is opens the lock to um the vault of... Why is it not in front me? Kamos. Yeah, exactly. Um. And this is just a vault that no one seems to like express what's inside, but apparently it's important. Look, you wouldn't lock a vault if there wasn't something cool yeah, inside of it. There is some exposition that, that states that these vaults, it, there are multiple vaults throughout sure. the city. Mm-hmm. And the vaults are, were created to protect extraordinary treasures. And most of them have never been opened, but some have. And whenever a vault is open, this is through exposition that Zuvas is telling to Isengrim. Um, because they set out to go do this vault of Kimos thing with this whole party of people. They're going to do the hell out of that vault. From Salida. And then they, of course, Zuvas is like, hey, they're going to go do this vault thing. He has this pre-knowledge of what's going to go on. So he brings Isengrim, and they are waiting in laying in wait at the vault itself to try and ambush them after they open this vault. And Isengrim's like, we should go kill him now. And Zuvas is like, no, we wait. And then he explains that all these vaults are here, but typically when one of these vaults is opened, it is a terrible disaster. And he names, uh, he tells about one of the vaults that was opened and there were dead walkers that come out and they're like, oh, whatever. And, you know, Isengrim's like, whatever, I kill dead walkers all the time. It's totally fine. And he's like, no, like they came out and everyone you killed, there was like five more. It consumed the city. Like it was the worst thing that's ever happened. Sure. Everyone it had, it had, was killed. It had reaching effects. Like yeah. it, it affected the whole city. When and they're like, well, how did you win? We didn't. Just one day we woke up and Nagash was like, okay, that's enough. I just all went away. <laughs> yeah, they just like, disappeared. Yeah. He's like, this is boring now. Which is pretty, pretty Would boring. you say that they were overwhelmed through no vault of their own? I, I would say. It wasn't their vault, so I'd agree with you. But not right now. Not on a recording. No. <laughs> so you're right. So uh, this, this key opens the vault. The, the, I'm going to say the good guys. No, the order guys. Um, they they lead an expedition out to this vault. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically any anybody named anyone we've named so far from the yeah. order perspective. I guess the mage doesn't go. But well, um, and we're met with Tomas. Oh yeah, Tomas. Um, another interesting character. Well, I'm mean, interesting enough. I guess interesting for this book. I feel like we've seen plenty of sort of. Uh, this type of stormcast, but we haven't seen that many of this type of stormcast in this book yet. Where it's a vanguard hunter, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Um, with a bolt pistol. With a bolt pistol, unrelated to the far striders, as far as I could tell. I tried looking them up, and I thought maybe that would be the reference, but I don't. I don't think so. Not a no, bolt pistol. No. Bolt, b- bolt storm. Bolt storm pistol. Bolt storm. A bolter. That's the only reference. I, I don't know anything about. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, so Tomas is introduced, and he does not stay in the palace. No. He is constantly hunting. He's constantly roaming. 
court is kind of like eh about him. Uh, he's he's not as steady as Severin and Oberyn and Angrad. Sure, because he's uh, not a liberator. Yeah. But he is also, um, he's definitely aligned with their cause. Sure, true, true. Uh, and so he's their scout. He's he's sort of leading the way and yeah. and, and uh, guiding their path to the vault. Um, he shows up when least expected. True, and his. Um, his arrival is one of the fun things I, I enjoyed uh, was that they somebody hit a pillar and then somebody screams, Shardfall! And they all run out, which is a card from the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was a particularly cool moment. Yeah, agreed. Um, it's very it's the novelization of the game Shadespire. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's real cool. So he, he leads them uh, to the to their vault. Um, it, it's kind of like a spooky walk, like, and the city is sort of encroaching all around them. It, it's a, it's pretty unnerving. Like, it, 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 it's you're on, you're suspense, you're on the edge of your seat the whole time, um, and eventually they make it to the vault. Uh, they use the key, they crack it wide open, and nothing's in there. Right? Nothing's Nothing. in there. Nope, nope. What Just a bunch of stale air. Is a giant shade glass golem who shoots lasers out of his eye, reminiscent <laughs> yeah. of the Thor movie, is what I was thinking. Like oh, the first one with the sure, big, yeah, yeah um, big I was laser. thinking of the ancient Greeks with the like you know you focus all the lenses. Or, oh, I gotcha. Yeah, um, but it it tried to make it rumbles out and starts. Um, I'm not gonna swear, wrecking everyone. Um, yeah. They they lose a lot of good men to this shade glass golem. Um, it's it's given the sh- the stormcast run from their money. Mm-hmm. They're they're not doing they're not being particularly effective towards uh, against it. Um, and it comes down to Raynar and his band of merry men to take this thing out. Um, so obviously it's got not obviously but it's got a, a, a sort of a gem or it's a focal point from where the laser is coming out. Of course. And whenever you find a boss character that has a focal point that's glowing and maybe Weak has an arrow points. pointing at it, you gotta you gotta use your slingshot or your hook shot to attack it. Um, and so in this situation, <laughs> one shot. one of uh, Raynar's uh, good 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 buddies is a um, it's got a gun. Uh, what, what would you call him? Oh, is uh, he a handgunner with a, a hand long rifle or an engineer marksman yeah, yeah something like that Dol- oh, yeah. Dol- dolman i think his name long rifle. yeah yeah he's got dolman and so he's a he's a crack shot and so he says hey man you gotta shoot that uh that spot and of course he takes some controlling to get him to like even try and expose himself to, sh- this, to shoot this is Raynar like in in you know yeah, this drawing captain, on his resources form, as, a, yeah. as a as a prior captain in the yeah. free guild like mm-hmm. i gotta rally i gotta make a plan i gotta think on my feet you yeah know? exactly um so they use the stormcast as sort of a distraction wait a sec that's kind of a weird topsy-turvy thing what? right using yeah. the humans using the stormcast as a distraction I didn't realize that until now um but using them as sort of a shield or a smoke screen to allow that shot to get uh, how sigmar intended yeah i suppose um and lo and behold uh, after I think it takes a couple shots. It's not just one, but a couple shots yep. finally um, find their way uh, home and debilitate the thing. And it, whether it goes down then or they they beat it up after the fact, I can't remember. But they, they defeat this, this golem. Um, so the interesting thing to me is that when they open the vault and this colossus comes out, this golem, right? It's the first thing made out of shade glass that we have seen that is not beautiful. He describes it as almost misshapen or formless. Um, I think it's gorgeous. Well, like, and and as an engine of war, mm-hmm. this was something that was built by the cataphranes to defend the city. And Objective marker multiple, for night vault. Yeah. <laughs> so there were multiple things of these built, and so this vault belonged to this wonder worker, techno, techno mage or something. Yeah. Is what I think what he said. Um. So I, I thought it was just interesting. This because it's the first thing. It's not beautiful. Sure. It's a weapon of war, and it's. Uh, either been damaged or just wasn't built beautiful to begin with. Mm. 
Um, and we have our first named character uh, for order that's killed in this fight. Um, it is a female action warrior. Some something to that effect is but incinerated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and is immediately mourned by an, a male, etc. So like, is she of the new? A new Shadespire denizens, or is she? Yeah, uh, yeah, she's so. she's a transplant. It, it's part of the part of the. I don't know. Warband is the right term, but mm. like some of the people that militia uh, that uh, Raynar is <laughs> gang is uh, you know kind of impromptu leading, uh, but like his his actions while saving the day result in the death of some of these people, mm. and yeah. got to live with the consequences Shit. of that. Though yeah. it doesn't seem to weigh on him all that much. Well, not him, but some of the other people. Oh, and, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and typically in the books, we talk about how there's no consequence for actions, and like this is one of the this is the first big thing. And there's immediate consequences. Well, but aren't we talking about Shadespire where nobody dies? They just come back? It's worth, uh, it's worth, it, it's worth noting. Yeah? So they, they, they try to comfort the, his, his, oh my God, I hate using the word lover, but there it is. Um, uh, saying, hey man, she, she's going to come back. It's not the end of the world. But like folks who are in the know know that like, first of all, she could come back clear on the other side of the city or at a different time frame or who knows in just a pure, pure like physical sense where she right. would even be. He yeah. may never find her again. Here, now, or whatever. Yeah, furthermore, if she does come back, she may not even be the same person, may not remember mm-hmm. him, or like may you know yeah. have some other different experiences. Um, so like, even if she does show up, it doesn't mean it's the same her, right. which is a Yeah, a it's, it's almost as if this is more like... Is that worse than death? As opposed to reforging, where there is something that is lost from you, it's almost like reincarnation, where the spirit might be the same, but the person is completely different, right? It's a really interesting dichotomy to define it as different from reforging. So what did they find in this vault? They find a globe, like a kind of a shade glass globe, that's basically a map of the Faneway. Hmm. So uh, Raynar is told that with this map, they can identify which pieces of shade glass are part of the Faneway, and they can tell how they're supposed to go together. So it's not a way to find the way. It's it's not a way out, but it's a way to find the way. It's a way to find the way. It is yet another clue. It's a MacGuffin finding MacGuffin. Exactly. It's another map. And at this point, Raynar is maps very on maps, clear on maps, on maps. that he's not really Inception. believing that Salida is on the up and up. Sadila is on the up and up and what's going on. He's like, uh, I don't think she knows. She what's might going on. be lying to us. <coughs> exactly. She wouldn't. Um, and so they find this, but then they have. All kinds of other trouble show up. Sure, they have uh, visiting friends. Hey, Eric, you said something about destruction. Yeah, but does destruction is that? Yeah, the thing? they don't. They shouldn't play any role in this. They're, they just knock blocks over. Oh man, I have bad news for you. Yeah, because here they come. Yep. Uh, uh, I don't want a band's not the word. Maybe an army. Like, it's, that's how it's big we're talking. An like army. a huge, huge force of uh, orcs. A battalion. <laughs> uh, maybe a battalion. Maybe several battalions. Um, can rolling up. A legion? No, they are Jaws because it's what's his face. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, they what? they come rolling up f- out of the woodwork. What do you mean what's his face? Um, does Grim he show Gore. up now or does he show up later? Oh. Not Grimgor. Um, is it Grimgor? No, not Grimgor. No, no, no. Gr- he's a, he's Gurzag. Okay. Gurzag. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Give me a nod. Don't you nod at me. No, no, um, <laughs> so uh, his his forces, whether or not he's he's not there right then and there, is he? Whatever. It doesn't matter. So the, the, the orcs come, come rolling up and start... Uh, Start pulping. They start some pul- peeps. Pulping some peeps. Yeah, and like the forces are greatly disparate, um, and so like our order group has no chance in fending these guys off. Well, they've already been just like completely wiped out well, by just, this yeah colossus. Exactly. So they boogie the heck up out of there. Um, I th- yeah, yeah, I think the first guy that rolls in is Bone Cutter. Who yeah, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, it's him. That's true. Uh, man, one of them dies later. Uh, 
so they they they, they scare away. Uh, I'm going to say our, our heroes or the order, order folks uh, who are not able to get their hands on this um, Faneway map. So they find it, they unlocked it, but they they aren't able to retrieve it, yep. and they're chased away by uh, the orcs. Um, they're chased into some tunnel, and at, at one point, like Raynar and Tomas, like have to fight down some orcs or something in a cool little battle. But um, <coughs> that's that's about it. That's that's they 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 were so close. They had victory in their grasp, uh-huh. and they lost it. Um, and from the other perspective, Isengrim and Zuvas and, and their whole crew, they watch this whole thing play out. They see the orcs sort of ambush them, and that's their cue. And they, and they see the order folks getting driven away, and that's their cue to jump in and sort of retrieve what was initially the Raynar's goal. And so they, they fight the orcs. They, um, they get their hands on the globe or, you know, whatever it's called, the Spainway map. Um, and they were able to, you know, fight off the orcs enough and and, and escape. I'm not doing it justice because there's some f- yeah, cool yeah. fight scenes. Well, there's a book that where Josh Reynolds written this whole thing out sure. with words, yeah, artfully, uh, and 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 in eloquent prose that anyone yep. would be delighted to read themselves. Yeah, um, it's worth noting that I think Eisengrim does take out one of the, uh, what's the whole group called? Gerzags, um Warband. He, he and uh, the Harvester team up and take down Bone Cutter. Oh, Bone Cutter, yeah, which is which is kind of fun. Yeah, he's in it. Don't, nice. I, I know you love Prince of Dust. I don't know how much he, he I mean, features I, into this. The Prince of Dust <coughs> just makes himself known sure. quite a bit. I'm surprised he hasn't so far. Well, maybe if your house wasn't so dusty. Yeah. I don't know. I've Caught been, me. I haven't been to your house in years. Caught me. Um, so uh, that's that's pretty cool. So I guess the, the to sum it up is that the... Uh, the force force Makesh is able to get their hands on this on this map, and Force Sedila are not sad. Yeah, not super happy. Because um, those are the bad guys. Well, see, there's no uh, good guys or bad guys mm-hmm. in this book, as we've proven. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit. The forces of order make their way back to Sedila. Let her know, hey man, we didn't get we didn't get the the map. She's not super stoked about it. She's oh, well. pretty. Uh, you would wit. You would think so. You would think like this infinite undying being would be like, oh, well, we'll get him next time. Like I got all all There'll the time in the chance. world. Uh, not so much. She's pretty uh, unstoked. Some might say, um, but but so be it. I guess I'm trying to think what comes of it. Like well, she's just angry. Like, well, then she decides that they need to start fortifying this palace. Oh, true. She starts preparing it for a siege, right? Um, which is. Raynar is like, eh, did they recognize the location, reaction. or or it was just they, the thing told them how to find yeah, Shadespire things, but they lead, didn't. It didn't lead to a particular place okay. or anything no. like that. Um, and the other thing is that Raynar's voices have this like almost disparate idea, where some of them are telling him yes, some of them are telling him no, some of them are telling him just keep going exactly where you're going. He's he has this like the crazy voices have become even more disparate even more jagged mm-hmm. uh isogrim is experiencing the exact same thing where the voices are telling him corn doesn't exist no you're following corn this is all great or no you just need to listen to the people in front of you everything is gonna you know work out uh it's and zubas like keeping shattered. like you know what you're gonna get that skull and i'm gonna help you get there right and this is the way it's going to work yeah <laughs> um now it's making me think of uh evil dead where um ash like goes through and he like a part of him becomes another version of him and so you're like crashing goody, into goody, sh- two shoes crashing goody, goody, into shade spire they're breaking that glass <coughs> what if that's them in a million pieces well, it kind of ends up being that and way, then yeah. coming at them and all 
they're all real all the time. Sure, yeah. Well, and yeah. again, sort of similar to that Nagash breaking himself into different pieces and yeah. a different aspect of the psyche. So, um, yeah. Um, so we were talking with Isengrim, but Isengrim um, ends up being frustrated because Zuvas goes into a council uh, with the Sepulchral Guard, or with Sepulchral Warden, and with Makesh. Sure, I think that happens after the this, market scene. Okay. Yeah. All right. So my apologies. No, um, that's fine. So at this point, the Faneway map is not in the possession of any of them. It's in the. Is it does, does Zuvas have it? Yeah, Zuvas has got it. Well, at least <coughs> as far as we know, he has it. Um. So from the Raynar perspective, like they're they're without. They don't have. They they missed their chance at this treasure. So uh, yeah. Raynar spent some time ch- chatting with. Um, Alesha, mm-hmm. and and the two of them eventually are tasked with going to this this southern market in in mm-hmm. Shadespire. And you're like, what market? Who's buying and selling anything at this place? But hey, here's the deal: like people are trying to make lives here, and mm-hmm. um, they, if they can't think, if they don't think they can escape, uh, <coughs> they gotta find some way to spend their time otherwise. And if if it were me, I would uh, develop a intricate series of markets and criminal underground and sort of melding those two uh, to become some sort of superior power. I mean, you guys <laughs> yeah. would too. Yep. Um, well, so it's Raynar, Elisha, and Kord. Yep, exactly. Those and three are sent to these southern markets to um, meet up with, treaties with uh, the leader. I mean, just like the ruler, leader, mm-hmm. uh, Whoever's in charge of the southern market, whose name escapes me, begins with a C. Why don't ever I have this stuff in front of me? So they're approaching the southern market, and Alicia knows exactly where she's going. Yeah. Which is a different thing, because Cord was the one who led them in the last quest. But Alicia is the one who knows exactly what's going on. And they make it to the outskirts, and there's a gibbet. And What'd you call me? A what it? Uh, a gibbet or a cage, right? Cool. Is that is that the right term? Um, and Elisha notes that this was empty the last time they came through here. And Cord um, oh, yeah. goes and inspects it closer, and he just, like, almost collapses. And Elisha is talking, and Raynar goes up, and he starts looking at it, and he's like, oh, it's got the... It's got the Fire Slayer crest, and it's got the Fire Slayer beard, and he stops. Oh, and then Elisha's like, wait, why has everybody stopped talking? And she's still talking, and goes and looks, and like, oh... It's cord. It is the dead body of cord that has been hanging in this gibbet for weeks. Nice. And so Elisha's like, this gibbet is the place where they punish people who have betrayed the master of the market. Hmm. Whose name? Chocolat. Uh, I'm kidding. No, it's, it's, <laughs> Johnny it's Depp. Cholot. His name is Cholot. And so all of a sudden, one of the three is very unsure as if he should go into the market. Is this what's going to happen to him? Is this something that has happened to him? He doesn't know. So they leave Cord on the outskirts of the market to be with splitting like the party. literally sitting with his dead body. He didn't have any money anyways. Um as Elisha and Raynar move on into the market itself. Sure. Um and so they do they they meet up with or not meet up but like there's a series of security to get to Cholot and so they they are able to m- make their way to his inner sanctum just this big tent mm-hmm. in the middle yeah exactly um and it turns out he's got what they're looking for what he yeah. said he he was able to get his hands on this the um, faint way mirror almost way, immediately yeah. 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 That's a little suspicious, don't you think? Like, how would he get his hands on that? I mean, when you are the head of a market, things filter. You sure. you know you know I mean I think that that's. That's the archetype. I got you. If you're at the top of that criminal organization, when anything of import kind of comes up, Mm. you're able to 
bypass the market. Who said are you on again? I mean, right? I just know how things work. And Alicia's okay. like, oh no, it's it's okay. This is the way things work here, and we're, this is the way we're going to do the deal. And Raynar's like, no, something is wrong. Mm. And she's like, shut up. And he's like, no, something is wrong. Why is this so easy? Why are you willing to give this away for a bargain? What's going on? Who gave this to you? And you didn't out, find this. And it turns out everything was fine. And they, uh, <coughs> yeah. And then the story ends, and they all go live happily after after. No, it was mm. an ambush. Yep. And there it, was a firefight. Uh, so turns out Zuvas and Isengrim had gone and spoken with the Iron Jaws and coerced them into coming into the market. Sure. Well, and furthermore, so, dropping off the Faneway. Like yep. they so they dropped it. off do the Faneway mirror. Do you mean convincing the toddlers to come in and <laughs> knock over all the blocks? Yeah. Yeah, real hard mm-hmm. to convince them. <laughs> sure. it, it was actually a well, cool moment where actually, Isengrim yeah. is like squaring off on Gerzag. Uh-huh. And uh, while he's doing that, Zuvas is talking to Gerzag. Yeah, he's you know, just like, like go ahead and talk. I can I can chat with you while I'm chopping up your mate. <laughs> and uh, Zuvas is like, I'd rather you didn't, but okay, you know. And and, and does no less. I mean, he doesn't yeah. kill him, but right, like he, yeah. he handily like uh, handles him, yeah. Um, yeah. which is interesting to think. Like Isengrim, uh, up, up until this point, has been very like capable in terms of like fighting. He's I mean, he's beaten everybody he's come across, uh-huh. and it was it was fun to see sort of a main character. Uh, get beat pretty pretty easily by Gerzeg, which yeah. also he's like the leader of the war band. If he was able to be taken out that easily, I would maybe would have had some problem with it. Wait, his name is Gerzeg? The the orc is. Is that the name of the s- the war band in Shadespire? Yeah, Gerzeg yeah. Iron well, Skull. And what, what's oh, okay. that that uh, that fight ends with uh, Isengrim? You know, like holds out, you know, catches Gerzeg's axes on his own, and then like uh, on my headbutt him, smack yeah. him like. Just dazes and takes him, takes himself out, and Gerzeg's like, "I respect that." <laughs> you tried, yeah. yeah. Um, legit. He's actually pretty funny in this yeah. book. Like, he's a good, maybe not comic well, relief, but and, like, yeah. and it's come up in the game. But like, the only people who are really happy to be here are the orcs. Or, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That you know, corn sucks because maybe corn's not you know not able to see or, or hear you, but. Orcs aren't really not like, doing it happy to be fighting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the so, gash is like, Dah! all right. Well, if I die, I get up and fight again. Yeah, I live, I die, <laughs> I fight again. I fight again. So um, we play, we lose, we play again. The orcs come in <clears throat> just after Chocolat, uh has revealed that he is betraying Elisha and Raynor, and he was hoping that Court is going to be here too, so he could betray him as well, because the Supercold <laughs> Garden. No, literally, he says that. I wish he was here so oh, I could betray him too. I'd rather not. He has a vendetta. I don't know, but like he's got Cord's cousin like on his payroll. Yeah, like, he's been a character this whole time, t- or not whole time, yeah. but like it's part of this uh, deal. But the cousin so, doesn't recognize him as a yeah blah yeah. blah blah. Uh, so uh, the Supercold Warden has said that he will spare Togalot. Yeah, uh, if Cholot. Cholot. Thank you. Uh, if he turns over Raynar and Alicia, and he's decided that he's going to honor that promise. Mm. And it's at this point that the orcs come in, orcs come in, and this isn't part of the bargain. And everybody starts dying, right? And so you've got Alicia, who is killed. like, just kind of like, you know, been walking around, done some kind of cool things, and Raynor. And then Alicia goes crazy. Like literally, just starts wizard. lighting up the whole marketplace, and uh, an amethyst wizard, no less, amethyst, right? So, which is like kind of fire, right? Uh, death, death. death. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it, it was. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool until the point when she started this spell that went into the body of like three orcs and pulled their souls out of the other side, and then they dropped like puppets, and then those six souls started like it just started this like net of just going through and killing everything. 
and so she's concentrating on this, and Cholot is trying to kill her. And uh, Raynor is trying to go around and grab the Faneway mirror map, um, and Raynor ends up killing Cholot and uh, grabs the mirror itself, but then is um, he's confronted by mm. Isengrim. And Isengrim's like, finally, finally I have you. I'm going to kill you, and this is going to be great. And he's like, I, I don't want to be killed. I want to get away. But the, he ends up in this fight, and it looks like Isengrim is going to win. He's standing over him. He's got his axe, and he feels the sound of the breath. Cliffhanger, best part of this whole scene, Davey, you know who I'm talking about. You're talking about the master duelist? The master duelist. <laughs> I don't want to get too far away because he's not pertinent after what Paul describes. But yeah. uh, what's his name? Do you remember? Uh, mm, I know he's fighting Hacka. I want to say he's fighting. Oh, I got it right here. Yeah. My boy's name is Acrius Cope. Yeah. Uh, and he managed to disarm. He's like, ha I have you now, or I have you disarmed. What are you going to do now? And he just gets headbutted Pulse. to death. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Is, that, is that what happens in the book, too, or is it just what's described on the card? It's in the card and on the book. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, and there's a number of occasions like this where there's direct references to, to cards. Mm. Um, that little bit of flavor text ends up being like directly ported in here, but it's last recorded words of master duelist uh, agriscope Agri yeah, sure. i can just picture i don't know what josh reynolds <laughs> looks like but i can still picture him sitting at his little at his chair right and he's gonna just <laughs> laughing to himself yeah. Now, yeah. do we know which came first the cards or the book cards i'm sure cards I i'm think, sure the yeah. cards came yeah. because of the playtesting we had of the lead time and the black library lead time it's in the same because we yeah. had the shade spire cards two years ago at Adepticon. Yeah. all right cliffhanger done and over paul pick me back up where you were all right so Isengrim has this axe above his head. He can hear the sound of the wind being split by the speed of the axe, and Zuvas comes in and stops the axe. Gosh darn Zuvas. Like but we were friends. Yeah, and Isengrim's like, what are you doing? And he's like, no, you can't kill him. You can't kill him yet. He said, I will give him to you, but not yet. And so he basically casts Isengrim into the orcs to keep fighting. Hmm. And then he has this like speech with Raynor and he pulls out this amulet or this yeah, his amulet, which his we never amulet, even talked about. Yeah. Which uh, basically is just a kind of a good luck charm that Raynor yeah. has been carrying around. We've seen Mekesh was referenced carrying a similar thing in the, mm -hmm. in the prologue. Did we, he, we knew that at this point? I knew we knew it later. Yes. Do we know it now? I think we know it now. Okay. And we know that yeah. Raynor has got one. Yeah, no, exactly. yeah. Raynor has got one. And then Zuvas, Pulls one out from underneath his armor. What? And he's like, dude. <laughs> we got the same necklace. <laughs> well, he's like, you're, you're, you're bigger than this. Yeah. Right? Everybody else here, they're going to die. They're going to be falling apart. This is not for you. You grab the Faneway mirror and you go. And you know what to do. Uh, and so Raynar does. Um, he leaves Elisha to go and do whatever it is that she does. Cord comes in, kills his cousin. Uh, and then escapes with Alicia. Killing cousins, that's um, what they call them. But they basically, <laughs> they assume. <laughs> nice. uh, that's oh, my yeah. biggest that's, one. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was yeah. the yeah. other title yeah. to this uh, book. Uh. <laughs> um, uh, so they assume that Raynor is dead. Um, and Zuvas escapes. 
Eisengrim escapes. Well, before Eisengrim escapes, there's a, there's a showdown between Eisengrim and, and Alesha, actually. He, he's sort of being buffeted by her magic. Uh-huh. Um, eventually, at one point, his shadow gets stolen, like Peter, like Peter Pan, like Nagash swipes yeah, it. Yeah. That's weird. I Nagash don't know. Nagash swipes it? it? Yeah. Like, he, he rolls up. So, we haven't well, really no, it doesn't get stolen. It gets caught. Caught, yeah. Um, it's... Um, this is a song. Throughout the whole book, like, he, he has to deal with his own, like, sort of craziness, and he yeah. sees different images of himself, but he also sees Nagash quite a bit, too, who's always, like, that's his uh, reoccurring quote, is, or uh, line, is he's like, I see you, which, and we haven't really talked about that, but, like, if in a place where Korn can't see you, but Nagash can, like, what does that mean? Um, so, it's at this point, Nagash, like, acts on him, and... and catches his shadow or what have you and it's and it's just gone and it really doesn't make well planes. didn't Isengrim cut it oh yeah it, he catches it and then Isengrim cuts himself Isengrim from it cuts yeah. himself from it so he can be free so Raynor runs off and Isengrim runs off and they've lost the voices yeah Raynor loses his reflection Isengrim loses shadow you got like this sheer yin and yang like yeah. very so parallels. we had all these possibilities of what's going to happen and now they've all been cut mm-hmm. right as if at this point, their fate has been sealed. Oh, gosh. Nobody wants their fate sealed. All right. I'm present. And for the most part, that concludes the... The book's the, over. No, no, not the book. The 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 market scene. Um, they, they are able to yeah. escape. The whole market is completely the destroyed. The market disaster. Yeah. Right? It was supposed to be this protected Unless you're land, an orc, in which case it was real cool. Yeah, and they, except for the orcs. So they love every second, and I think this kicks us off into like sort of the end game at yeah. this point. This so at this the, point, when Esengrim goes da, back, da, he confronts Zuvas and is like, "Hey," and Zuvas is like, "You'll get his head. I promise. It'll yeah. happen." I will right? say this is the only part that like really kind of bothered me. Some it was like, uh, I, "There's no, I don't, I don't understand why Esengrim is still putting up with this guy. <coughs> like yeah. he was there, he had his chance, took it away. Why are you going to believe that you're going to get another chance? You know, agreed. Yeah. So that's Has right. Zuvas lied to him so far? Yeah." Yeah. Well, exactly. then there's even a <laughs> right before know. they go into the market. Zuvas is like, "Okay, we're going to do this. And we're going to wait through this, and then you're going to get the thing." And Eisengrim is like, "I know that look. That look is betrayal. Yeah, I know that look." And then he goes down to the market, and then Zuvas betrays him, and then he goes back to the pal- the fortress, and does not immediately kill him. Um, I th- he thinks about it, but then he's like, "Yeah, but he's, he's been thinking about it this whole book." Exactly. Like, I mean, yeah. all he does is, think about it. is it connected to him not having his shadow anymore? If is, it is, it's not referenced okay. in any no. sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's referenced that he's disconcerted, but that's about it. Sure. Um, but, but then we go to this whole council of Zuvas and the Sepulchral Ward Guardian um, figuring out what's going on because they're going to go to war. Yeah, exactly. Right? But, at this point, war is imminent. But at this, like you said, war is imminent, and Isengrim says, yeah, I know it's imminent. I'm bringing my dudes in, and we're, we're taking them out. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what you guys do. We're going... Like now, yeah, yeah. He breaks into the council chambers. Is like today. Yeah. It's happening today. Ke- I mean, catch up, or I mean, do whatever you're gonna do. But like, see, you. like I'm out. In that, we're gonna go uh, take this this fortress on. Um, Raynar, on the other hand, is able to escape the the market. Well, Sorry, one last thing that happens mm-hmm. to Isengrim is that he starts to feel like without his shadow, he starts to feel a little bit gone, cold. Mm, like his extremity yeah, starts yeah. to feel cold. Um. And so that's a change from what's yep. previously happened. And then we go to Raynor. Sure. And so he's escaped from the market. Um, he's uh, he he makes his way sort of through the city and, and finds himself back at the temple that he originally like. It was a different version. The original of the temple. temple. Yeah. Yep. And so he that's, he just stops to catch his breath. Um, and this is where Zuvas catches up with him. Whether or not I can't remember if this is before or after the council, but I mean Zuvas is everywhere. Who cares? Um, <laughs> and it, this is where they have a heart to heart. He's like, hey, hey man, I freed you. Um, you're destined for some greater things. Um, 
okay, so maybe this is where I'm gonna ask you guys: Does he out and out say that like we're the same? Like, what, what is going that on? That doesn't, but I, he doesn't, and I, I, I think that's implied. Okay, I mean, he is strong. Raynar. Yeah, I, I, that's the yeah, impression he might I got. Be future Raynar. There's a sure. lot of you and I are thinking the same thing. Yeah. I said that thing that you just said. Yeah, we're carrying the same thing. I know everything about <laughs> you. We have the same amulet. Like, it, yep. He lays it on pretty thick. Okay, I, I feel dumb even asking that at this point because it seemed pretty obvious. I was gonna. Yeah. Ask I mean, anyway, I don't so know. I there's there's enough later. like confusing things going on that like it, it it didn't like looking back at it, free of all the different things that are going on in the book. You're like, yeah, that probably was the case. But in in the time when there's all these different threads and stuff that you're reading about, like I you know, it, the thought crossed my mind. I'm like, oh, maybe these are supposed to be the same people. Or maybe you're supposed to be think. think thinking of the same people but it, it is a cool yeah. aspect of the story where you can have these time loops and be like okay well maybe you could meet yourself and sure. maybe you can meet yourself from you know a long time i think when you first meet the two and one is for seems like former order without former order without a connection you know mm-hmm. not in sigmar's army and you got this guy who's chaos but not aligned it's easy now at this point it's easier to see them more con- alike than their counterparts sure right? true mm-hmm. But then it makes you wonder, and we don't need to get into this too long. It makes you wonder how does a dude who doesn't believe, or who's not a particularly a fan of like his particular order god, who's been spending all his time in Shadespire, as far as we know, um, how does he align with chaos? Like, where does he get that junction? Like, Whether, which, is, which is kind of nuts. Um, okay, it sounds like maybe we'll talk about it. Um, so uh, <laughs> uh, he's he's um, and, and at this point, Zuvas sends Raynar sort of on a mission. Insofar as he says, like you know what you have to do, like you yeah. made it's not your decision. Spelled out, but yeah, this you, is you know what you know what the right path is, mm-hmm. um, and I know you know what the right path is, um, probably because we've had this conversation before. Uh, and so Raynar sort of determined uh, heads back to the Jasper Palaces with a, a mission or a goal in mind. Um, any other thoughts on that? Because we're gonna get right into that goal. Yep. What does he do? He makes his way back to the Jasper Palaces. He he. Uh, Everybody's like, "Hey, you're back! Yeah, you made it! You made oh my it. goodness! Yeah. We thought you were dead. You are so trustworthy now. This we, is amazing. How you. trustworthy you are! It's, I'm sure this this trustworthiness is never gonna bite us back in the butt. And he's, <coughs> he's hiding his the mirror at this point, or his? Yeah, no, no, no one knows he has it. Um, no, I know he has it. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. I've got to get this to Alicia. Oh, exactly. I've got the, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm mistaken. So he does. He heads right to Alicia. And so the siege is imminent. The Jasper Palace is about to come under assault from the Sepulchral Guard who are aligned now with the Oryx and with uh, Isengrim's sure. posse. Well, the Oryx are just kind of rampaging. But, yeah, yeah, but they're, they're being directed, directed that way. Yeah, sure. mutual goal. Inconsequential <laughs> there's, distinction. There's a, there's a lot of heat coming down on the Jasper Palace. Yeah. Sure, so they're, they're battening down the hatches. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, Raynar's their dude, and he, he brings uh, the Fainway Mirror um, to Alicia. They have a long conversation. <laughs> they, they have back and forth. I, I can't remember exactly what they talk about, but I know it. Well, uh, she like, gives them the mirror, or the, the, the map, and she's like, finally... And she's like, and he's like, is this it? Can you take us away now? No, this is another piece. This is another piece, another clue, so, another like, yeah, yeah exactly. And she's like, oh, well, I, I can write this down, and I, I can figure out this map here, and I can, I can do this, and I can do that, etc. And she starts studying it, and then, uh, then he straight up kills her. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, and straight up stabs her in the back. It's rough. Like it's a rough moment, right? Like because this is yeah. Uh, up until this point, you know, Raynar has, he's been cowardly kind of but like it's been it's been this thing where like i can understand where like it's this self-preservation like thing. a capable mm-hmm. cowardice yeah. Well, yeah yeah and they've talked about how he has killed someone in the past and that person is still haunting him sure right yeah. and like so then we move on yeah like key to his desertion i think i think as he was deserting he was he like in order to make it out he had to 
kill a, a comrade yeah. or something like mm-hmm. that. So wow. you realize this is a pretty, of that. pretty mm-hmm. despicable <laughs> act to do that. But, you know, it's coming up here and like, he feels like, well, maybe there's some redemption left for this character at some point. And then he, and he, even in the, in the brief period where the scene is going on, he struggles with it. Like you can, you can feel him kind of grappling, like, am I going to do this? And then he does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, it's also just a rough moment, period, because he's like he has to stop her from casting spells. Mm-hmm. So he like covers her mouth and grabs her arms, and then you know, like he's kind of like a very awesome. violation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's uh, a capable coward. Like he, he he's he's always capable. Mm-hmm. Like he's he he gets a lot done, and so he brings that capability into this act of betrayal. Uh, and it's rough because, you know, uh, typically in these books, we're used to seeing a heroic figure, like, even if they're struggling, ah, at the end, they're going to, you know, come out the on the chips heroic are down, well, yeah. is, I mean, this more, he's more like that lovable scoundrel of Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah. But he right. doesn't bring the, he doesn't bring the Millennium Falcon back. Well, then yes, he turns exactly, into Kylo Ren. Exactly. Which, I mean, basically sure. happens. Now, does he get something from her? Like, what does he get from He gets her? the Books. maps. Maps. Oh, maps. Because he's trying to find Pieces. another entrance. And yeah, that's what he is. Underneath the palace. Exactly. So now that he's <coughs> done that, he's, he, he has the... So he runs to the other entrance from the fortress, and there's two storm casts there. And he's like, hey, Severin has just told me that this yeah. is that the guys need to go man the walls. They need help. And he's like, but who's going who's gonna to do this? And the Stormcast is like, oh, I recognize you. You're Raynar. Yeah. We can trust you. If Severin said that we can trust him, we can trust him. And so they go off. And then he runs down and he gets to this gate and cords there. Yeah. And so he pulls on this lever and the gate opens. And Cord's like, hey, what are you doing? Wait, what are you doing? Yeah. And then the gate opens and the Sepulchral Guard come in. And Cord's like, what's going on? And then the Sepulchral Guard are like, if you leave us alone, we'll let you live. Yeah. And Cord's like, fat chance of that, hey, manling. <laughs> and then he jumps in and is slaughtered. Yeah. And Raynor's just like, yep, there's a fat chance of that happening. I think the warden gets him specifically, which yeah. Yeah. And then makes me feel better at least. Skills unforgotten. Yeah. And then Raynor leads him up back into the, uh, into the palace. Um, him and the forces of the Him oh, and the forces oh, of the specifically oh, Zubas, Zubas, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, basically their goal is to trap... Sedila, mm-hmm. um, so that she cannot escape from the shade glass because the problem is that she's trying to escape. She's trying to rabble rouse and break the rules that have allowed them to survive for this long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do manage to basically take over everything and trap Selita because Raynor goes back into the chamber and she's taunting him and he, she, he's like, this is all a game to you, isn't it? And she's like, of course it's a game. There's yeah. nothing else to do here. I used to be the one who fought. I used to be the one who killed. I can't do that anymore because I'm trapped in this glass. Now I have I'm to collect super people. duper bored and I need to... <laughs> exactly. Like, I have to collect people and go and send them out to kill for me so I have something to watch. Collect people together, put them <laughs> on the board. Yep. Maybe paint them, maybe don't. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. So I literally... I, I feel a kinship there. And <laughs> so she... What she does is she pulls herself out of a mirror into these shards of glass right. and makes this humanoid figure... That has her whole image in it, <laughs> but she is sep- she's pulled herself out of the Fane Way, what remains of the Fane Way, and isolated herself in this place, and then is surrounded by the Sepulchral Guard. Yeah, so she is trapped and can be contained. Wow. Um, and in so the she end, she was us all along. Sure. Yeah, and in the end, Isengrim comes in and kills Raynor and takes his skull. Right? Incorrect. 
Um, wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> Raynor kills Raynor and takes his skull. This is a Scrubs reference. I like that. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, he comes in. They fight. Him and Raynor fight for a little bit, but eventually Zubas comes in and say, "I'm going to say saves the day." It depends on whose day you're trying to save. Um, saves Raynor. Saves Raynor's day, and uh, he kills Isengrim. Right? And it's him that ends up doing well, the final. Well, Zubas. Raynor Zubas. grabs a shard of glass and stabs Isengrim in the chest. Yeah. yeah. But then Zubas stabs him in the back. Yeah. Sure. And Isengrim is like pulling that piece out yeah. of his jet like dying but he's go. like i'm gonna kill you with this thing you just stabbed me with yeah. and right before he can do so zubas, zubas, zubas saves himself i mean i mean Raynar. <laughs> um, i was hoping the names would be like anagrams of each other or something. yeah i was so thinking about that <laughs> talking but yeah yeah um and so uh Raynar still lives to fight another day which again had he died it'd have been fine at shadespire um well but, yeah i mean we can get into that more but it like it's this crazy thing where i mean you probably act the same way. Like it's tough to be like, yeah, it's probably fine to die. You know, like, <laughs> that's true. Uh, but plus, but, you remember all your scars and stuff, right? Too, even when you well, get killed. in yeah. in in a place where it, you know, like death is not the end. Like he still is. It's his motivator, like sure. survival, and he's one of the few, very few people in this who, who survives. Do yeah. yeah. Well, and the other interesting thing is that he has that amulet, right? And um, the amulet is the same. For Raynor. The amulet is the same for Zuvas, but in the prologue or the epilogue, we also find out that that's the amulet from Makesh. Makesh has. Yeah, correct. But we find that out because at the epilogue, Zuvas reaches out when when Shadespire falls. He reaches out of a piece of shade glass and grabs it from Makesh. Hmm. Right. So not well, as only is it going forward in time, he's going back in time. Yeah, I mean it's like, it, it's as as Shadespire is being created as a separate mm-hmm. entity like that is being pulled out. Zuvas already exists, and he's already so it's he's this, already in the shade. He's glass. already in the loop, right? And it represents him making some discovery of like I might have found the way out. Sure, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. But he doesn't go out. <laughs> well, he went back to that moment before he were at this moment, right? Well, but we don't know. Like well, because that, it's so timey wimey, it that's doesn't have I, to be linear. I'm saying it isn't linear. I think he's maybe agreeing with you. Yeah. 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 That that the guy same we team, the same team. Zuvis we know <laughs> now who has the amulet has uh-huh. already gone back to that very beginning when Shadespire clicked into being. Yes. And reached through a piece of glass to grab that moment and grab something out of that moment because yeah. it's part of this bigger plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Does this is this related to the fact? That, oh God, I don't even go down this rabbit hole. Is this related to the fact that Makesh? I think on multiple occasions, uh, Isengrim says something to the effect of like, "Oh, you're in charge here" or something like that. And Makesh is like, "Whoa, is that what you think? I'm not in charge." And then yeah. like he gets cut yep. off, or like that's the end of the conversation. Um, Zuvas so, is the one who's in charge. Well, so is, I guess I wonder if that's related. Is it stemming from that very first act where he gets his amulet sw- so. swipe from yeah. Zuvas, um, which is kind of nuts, right? Well, here's the thing, right? Zuvas knows everything that's going to happen. Or he says he because does. he's already lived through it yeah. is the easy answer. It sure. feels like Zuvas is the one who has <coughs> gone through enough, like other people are going through these loops, dying, being reborn, dying, being yep. reborn. Zuvas is the one who's like trying to tie them together. Like he's so, been able to. So let me ask you: at the end of this, does, Zu, uh, does Zuvas get out? No, he just ends up snatching an ambulance so, from like real life. So it it creates in itself a, a loop, where it just gives us a hint back to maybe something that's happened. This the reason this is Shadespire is because. Well, if we're going to talk forward, 
we've just got pieces still. Mm. This is the first view into the gathering of the first pieces mm. of solving Shadespire. And some of these pieces, I mean, we've we've heard about Sigmar sending the, the Steelhearts in here to solve the, the problem of um, soul degradation. Law and the reforging. And yeah. the reforging. And so a lot of people have a lot of interest in, in finding something. It sounds like we're getting the story of Shadespire. And Shadespire was the first version of Underworlds. Now we've got Night Vault. We've already had vaults kind of shared with us that vaults are a many a numerous thing and each yep. one has its own piece to the puzzle, perhaps. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it seems like we're going to get a Night Vault story at some point that continues the story. In an interview, uh, I think, again, in track and words, uh, Reynolds wishes or plans to for this to be one of many like shade spire books or you know one of multiple well, i shouldn't say many that there'd be a sequel. there'd be others yeah, yeah exactly but and oh, go ahead no i was just gonna say i think there could we talked about there could be many stories mm-hmm. yeah. but it seems like zuvis we're gonna find out more right and even even as as the character who's established as maybe knowing the most of what's going on like he is not omniscient no there's there's a point at the end where uh he's confronted rainer rainer's got his aim is matching ammo and he's He's considering throwing it away, and it, there's this like pregnant pause where Zuvas is staring at him, and it feels like the city's staring at him. And you know, Raynar, uh, Raynar at the last minute decides not to hurl it away, and Zuvas visibly relaxes and says, "That's right, you know better." <laughs> you know, but he he thought like maybe maybe he could throw it away. So like maybe maybe past me is not the me that I am. Like it's it's this cool moment of of. Uh, uh, a rare moment where Zubas is not confident in the outcome yeah. of things. <laughs> All right. So we finished the story, right? Yeah, I believe so. I right. think. So Zuvas, how can you become a chaos warrior in Shadespire when there are no chaos gods? That was my question. Yeah. Oh, and then this is why you guys were pointing at each other. Okay. I, well, I would say you're getting, I think Ray, Reynolds fooled you because of his his garb that Isengard 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 is viewing him whatever (laughs) he's he's getting described like a chaos warrior but Uh that's us putting that on him I don't think he is a chaos warrior it's expressed in the book too explicitly stated but but I do believe that not only in this case, not only were we fooled, I think maybe Eisengrimms might have been fooled too. Or or But that's what I mean. Does the book tell you that he looks like a chaos warrior? It I thought it says he looks like one and he uses the term chaos warrior. He, he yeah. uses it but, and he and but that's he fine. Himself. Like it sure. could be I mean, that yeah. if he's if he's using a ruse yeah. to to make this shift happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's us buying into the facade. Uh, I have a couple alternative theories. Well, sure. yeah, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean they they're uh if we want to talk about the wider impact of what this means and some uh, some of your alternative theories are going to play into this right uh-huh. like Shadespire pops up frequently in the background now I, I feel like like well maybe not frequently Shade but Glass does Shade, Shade Glass does and then Shadespire is, there's reference made to it here and there in, yeah. in the uh, larger background uh, we know it's near Slanesh uh, mm-hmm. it talks specifically about where Nagash is watching this to see now you know not only is Nagash watching the suffering of the people he's doomed to this awful awful you know uh, fate for defying him. It's not that but, bad. <laughs> but, but he's watching it to see because even, even Nagash doesn't know what's going to happen. And it talks about like 
you know, maybe maybe this is the birth of a new God. Like it, it even talks about that. And I think mm-hmm. Paul's going to lay into this a little bit here. So uh, do you remember the background of Isengrim, why he became devoted to corn? Uh, why the Red came? Reef. Sure. Do you remember, can you just state? No, you state. Okay. Not. All right. Stayed. I was just going to give you time to talk about it. <laughs> no, Pop quiz, uh, hot shot. So Isengrim is a reaver. Yeah. Right? Like uh, mm-hmm. a reaver as in boats. Reaver. We've a, seen this before. A reefer? Well, uh, right. And he says, um, because uh, he was he was on this battlefield, right? Yep. Uh, he's there with his guts spilling out, uh, growing cold, thinking he's going to die. And then he, he gets this mission to like, he please grab by corn to seek out this coward, right? Yep. Um, but uh, as Zuvas kills him, he says, um, do you, do you even know why he was chasing you? Like, mm-hmm. you know, t- talking to Rainer, do you even know why Isengrim was saying? No, I suppose you don't. Even he didn't know. Not really. Mysteries and Secrets, the lifeblood of Shadespire. So, you know, uh, the whole time Isengrim thinks he's going after Raynar mm-hmm. to claim his skull, but there was, you know, maybe he didn't actually understand the reason he was doing it, you know. Well, and the other thing is um, in the in Isengrim of the Red Reef, he was raised as a reaver, and the people that were in charge was a Slaneshi tribe of blood warriors or uh, of chaos warriors. And so his first, like how he got his name was to go and slaughter this tribe of Slanesh warriors that were led by this like Slaneshi demon basically is what the description sounded like. And there's a moment where he's talking to Zuvas about this. And I feel like there's a pregnant pause where Zuvas is like, okay, this is where I've decided you're not worth saving. Hmm. Right. I, I feel like to me when I read it, that's what I got from it. Hmm. Um, and when it comes to it, Isengrim is just a pawn to make Raynar choose, so, right? He's the person to make Raynar keep running because Raynar is not a man who stands his ground. And if Isengrim dies, Raynar is going to stand, stay where he is or run away, right? He has to have somebody to run from in order to become the person that will become Zuvas is my opinion. Yeah. I, I think you're, close there i think maybe maybe isengrim wasn't even picked by corn i think maybe zuvas yep <laughs> uh was was the one who gave him this you know mission and life force because like you know this weird loop thing like hey you need to bring past me into this so that i can exist sort of thing mm-hmm. um the other thing is that it's never explicitly stated that the statue on the edge of the city is nagash it's stated that they assume that the statue is Nagash looking yeah. over them. That felt pretty concrete to Was me. Was the but, statue yeah. wearing a silly hat? <laughs> I don't know. So it's possible that the statue could be Slanesh. It could be. Because he says, I see you. All he keeps saying is, I see you. Mm. But he had no power. I think that could also be just, it's a statue. So do you believe that it's... It moved. Well, it would change, you know, position when people weren't looking at it. But yeah. mm-hmm. Like the the weeping angels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like every statue. I don't yeah. trust them. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's some. You're surrounded by plastic statues in this room. And, <laughs> and I can't claim to uh, have known this going in, but after doing some research. Hit me. Uh, prior, uh, in older editions of Chaos, there were the four main Chaos gods, and there was Malal, who was this fifth mm-hmm. Chaos god. Yep. There was another Chaos god called Zuvasin. So oh. Zuvas with an I N, who is and and uh, Zuvas even makes mention of this like they're they're smaller gods mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. Isengrim's like why would you why would you follow a smaller god when when you could follow one of the big ones and he's like do you get to choose yeah. you don't get to choose uh, 
and uh, so Zuvasin is one of these older, you know, splintered, smaller gods. I, I like at one point, there's drop. there's even there's even like a there's even like a a, a, a place they they refer to like a pit that was like uh, rumored to be like the the uh, fall like the place of a fallen god or whatever. And so Shadespire may have inadvertently Nagash may have inadvertently created a small realm around the death of this, you know, around the around the uh, resting place of this dead god, and now that dead god is hmm. Zuvasin and is uh, gaining power by the cycles of this. And if know. and Zuvas was previously Raynor, and the conversation of Raynor thinking about the Stormcast being this, like, why would I throw my life away when they ha- we've got these things and kind of that yeah. jealousy or like, what would yeah. I do with that power? Yeah. And then think of you know, yeah, this gets into like. Yeah, sort of Shannara type stuff. Like and and like, he's becoming a little bit more of like a, a Gandalf character, maybe. Aaron, yeah, or just there's a potential there. Not, I'm not saying he's Gandalf. Nobody who's listening to this, the, the gray white wizard or the the white wizard. No, I mean, I'm not putting him on that level. I'm just saying that kind of tone where he I'm knows quoting, yeah. more than lots of other people, but he's kind of he's not God. He's not he's mortal. God of the small tree. Um. I like the zoom I've seen though. That's pretty tricky. Hey, Aaron, how does it feel to be out researched? Well, I, I thought I was doing some mad research <laughs> on this episode too. Wow, I'm I mean, impressed. I, I mean, I wasn't comparing you guys like Paul was, but oh, <laughs> did you know that the, those dusty dwarves I was talking about are part of the Gazules of Gaz? Uh, <laughs> what <laughs> suitable? Yeah. Um, suitable. Anyway, that's pretty cool. So wow. potentially big things happening here, right? Like this might be the birth of another chaos god. Like whether that translates in the game or not, like it's it's a cool thing for the background. Ooh, like sure. there's, there's big moving and shaking going well, on. Well, I know Malal can't come back because Malal is the intellectual property of somebody who used to work at Games Workshop that doesn't work anymore. Mm. So well, it's like the Spectre for James Bond. Yeah, that's not touchable anymore but Zuvacine all these other small gods are well I like how this is starting to be kind of a a thread or a theme for some of these other stories like you've got this particular god um, I mean Mathland's kind of a harkening back to Mathland Um, Mm -hmm. the the daughters of Cain talking about Cain a little bit Um, and actually I'm not even kidding when I talk about those dusty dwarves the gazules I guess Um, they're all about bringing back this minor death god and in that story the dust of dirge and steel um, the stormcast or something like well well like isn't he dead? Like I thought they got rid of all the death gods and yeah. the, and the Jordan are like what's that to a god? Like that doesn't yeah. matter. Like mm-hmm. um, so we're getting bits and pieces of all these other yeah. beyond just the pantheon. Which man, I like just keeping stuff to like well, this, an eight. That's a good round number. This but. whole theme of shattering, like that's what's happens to these gods, right? That's what happened to uh, uh, Grimnir. Grimnir. Mm-hmm. He got shattered, and they're trying to recollect them. That's what happens Gork-a-morka. to G- Nagash every time. Gorkamork. Yeah. Like they just get. Like what's happening in Shade Spire is a is a microcosm of what seems to happen to gods. All of them, yeah. Well, and the other thing is that in the underworlds, you don't have to be a god to have an underworld. You just have to have enough people believe that you're a god. Sure. Right. So the dwarves of if they believe that the death god exists and they die, then that underworld is created by the belief of the people who have died. Works. Yeah. Right. So like we have all of those tiny little gods popping up so why not have god who you work? call the tiny <laughs> when someone asks you if you're a god you say you yes, say, yes! <laughs> right P- puny god uh, that was another god puny reference i god. made yeah uh guys Hulk. we spent all this talking about zubas and it reminds me of a question i like to ask you yeah. who is your dude and that's a gender neutral dude um, okay. 
<laughs> Whichever one you prefer. Wow. Uh, Elisha. Elisha. She right. was awesome. It's a good thing I clarified gender neutral. Yeah, it is. She was just laying the smack down with no questions asked. It's rare to see a, uh, an amethyst wizard. Like, you don't get, that's not, it's particularly flashy. Uh-huh. It's kind of rare to see a wizard at all in any of this fiction, but, um, yeah. You know, she was legit. Yeah. And she, like, yeah, she was a one man army. Mm-hmm. That's true. Hey, David, who's your dude? Well, I guess, I mean, it, it feels rough because it's main character, but I really enjoyed Raynar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, going back to, I already talked about it, like I understood his motivations. Um, you know, I, it's hard to say what you do in his shoes, mm-hmm. but uh, I thought it was compelling. And I thought, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for... for um, yeah, you are. <laughs> for expectations that are, you know, subverted mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, did It did that, like you're expecting him to finally take this heroic turn, and then he didn't. And uh, and I, I just thought it was a, a very interesting character. And some of, you know, just some of his stuff was, was so believable that uh, I believed him all the way through his turn. And breaks your heart, you know, when he when he, he turns traitor. But, I mean, that's a sign of some, some good character uh, character writing. True, so, true, true, true. Yeah. Um, mine was a close, close uh, match or close race. Um, I think I'll end up on Zuvas just because I just loved the sort of the mystery and the the all-knowing sort of like the the like little quips that he'll makes alluding yeah. to the fact that he knew more than he was he was letting on um but sort of in that same vein i really liked cord too not that and they both had some knowledge that they were sort of slowly imparting on the main characters and i don't know why in this particular book that grabbed me but like you if you put yourself in the shoes of eisengrim you put yourself in the shoes of Raynar. like i don't know i liked sort of um being <laughs> guided along through this <laughs> city of mystery by these these two characters so it's not so much because if they were particularly cool, those Zubas ended up being really, um, you know, pretty capable and legit on the battlefield. It was more, I don't know, just an endearment or like an attachment to them because they were sort of guiding me in the same way that they were guiding them in characters. Um, but I think I'd probably fall on Zubas. Do you have a, a I mean, character the, you really enjoyed? I think the real victim here is Nagash. Um, <laughs> getting his toys broken and people not going by his rules. Um, but then... My other jokey uh, comment would be since we made Shades by our character. <laughs> I pick Shades by. <laughs> I, um, I contemplated. Or Josh Reynolds. <laughs> which, <laughs> which way can I go to you, avoid you, the question? Do you think one of these characters was Josh Reynolds? Did he write himself in the book? Um, Gosh, I hope not. That would be pretty masochistic. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, for I didn't get as far as everyone else. Uh, Utrecht was... <laughs> <laughs> Utrecht, like first chapter. Uh, <laughs> one, one of the two real, real Grelch moment here. But I think <laughs> one, of the, king. one of the things that Josh Reynolds did with Utrecht was um, kind of make a big, uh, the realms big and small at the same yeah, time. No, you know, absolutely. That, that idea of he was a king. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he's like his the third journey in his uh, of his career, right? Yep. The third job he t- had was a king. The yeah. second, the fourth was a soldier, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, Reference how he came to be an employee of the uh, employee of the uh, the uh, faithful blades. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. I mean, so the, just this fluidity of allegiance, this this idea that in the little things don't matter, mm. and I think that and and the, in the end, there's there's gods at work, and in this story, you got Nagash at work, you got the killing of Alesha, doesn't matter, mm. um, and uh, Zuvas is that in between saying no. Something matters. Yeah. Right? Um, and so I think Utrecht taught me that. <laughs> Utrecht taught me that. He's always teaching us about that Utrecht. He's, he Captain. Was, he was a wise, wise, wise king. So um, I do have one kind of follow-up question here. So do we know Do we know what actually happened 
with Raynor and the subordinate in the pre-story of this story? Nope. Other than I think he had to kill him to get out. Like that yeah. was so integral to his. He talks about it like him, you know, his this guy turning and the blade going in and in and in. You know, well, like let me uh, sorry real quick though, since we found out that following Zuvas was the right answer, letting the sepulchral guard, guard in was the right answer. Was killing because they had to stop. What's her name, right? Sadila. Sadila is yeah. the is so was what I, mean, I don't know that that's definitively the right answer. Like for maybe from Zubas's perspective. So yeah. Yeah. my question was, it, where Raynar was when he killed Alesha, we were like, oh no, betrayal. Yeah. But if he had some longer vision or had some more knowledge, was that a betrayal? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the but, but she was cool, and he killed her. So like, yeah. okay, it was okay. Well, and <laughs> and the original character who he killed was described as somebody who basically had gotten above his station by paying for his um, his ascendancy to captainhood. Um, but he and Raynor had gone into school together, so they definitely trusted each other. And I I, I find it interesting that when Raynor betrayed him, like he still had this like kind of he felt remorse for it. But when he betrayed him, he still had this band of men that went with him. So it wasn't like basically this other guy. I felt like it was implied that he was a bad general or a bad captain and he was going to get them killed or something like that. And Raynor's only choice to survive was to kill him and run away. Yeah. Right. Because he couldn't go back once he killed the other captain. But if they stayed there, they were going to die. And that's kind of the definition of his character. So he had to do that in order to survive. So it fits in with you saying, well, is that the right action? Did he have to kill Elisha to survive or would he have died? Is this a repeating of the same thing or is this farther along because he kills her and then leaves alone and then goes and gets the enemy and comes back, right? Because that is the difference between the two betrayals because he doesn't try and go back to the town and like gather his riches and everything. He decides to set out to Shadespire and find his fortune there instead. It's an interesting parallel for sure. I feel like we already talked about what we learned about the mortal realms. Um, I think a lot of it's just been the Shane Spire and how that interacts with the mortal realms. Plus, it, uh, it was nice to see um, a free guild, free guilder, like to see how a different free guilder would potentially see the Stormcast. That's new, I think, from our perspective in terms of how the mortal realms work. Anything else uh, stand out for you guys in terms of what we learned about the mortal realms? Just that not even the gods know the the, the breadth and width of them. Sure. Oh, sure, that's true. Yeah, I mean they're all, they're all they're all visitors here, right? Like they they. They 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 moved in. They harken back. They're from travelers a, a from the world time. that was, yeah. and so it, it's new to them too. Sure, sure. And just the fact that um, there may be like those creatures that exist between the realms too. Sure. I think is maybe oh yeah, relatively new. Like, it references and, that specifically, yeah. like like there are things far worse than the chaos gods out there. Sure. I yeah, that was a cool us. moment when you yeah. looked up in the sky and there's all these things swimming yeah, around. Yeah. Like oh, ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> you better, don't want to go better not them. think about those. Yeah, look yeah. at them, you'll go nuts. Which too. now makes the realms the continents. And it makes the <laughs> void, the oceans with the, you know, with the, the old maps of map. sea monsters. Here there be monsters, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, God, we got to do this really quick, but I just wanted to do it. Adrian Reynolds, I think, let's see, we talked about the different references that we've seen so far. We talked about those dusty dwarfs from the Dirge of Dust and Steel. Um, each of these chapters we haven't really talked about um, leads with like a little uh, quote from like a different w- fictional work in, in the world. And some of those little intros were written by uh, one Pollen Bach. From the auction of blood, which yeah. I thought was pretty neat. Oh, I like yeah. that guy. Yeah, he's he's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so he wrote. Uh, a I little, read that one. A little book called it's "Idle like, Reminiscences of the Book Trade." So apparently, he it's all about the book trade. Um, we talked about how Raynar was part of the faithful faithful blades free guild, um, which was 
from the Hammerhall uh, little novella. Um, there's the throwaway line. Uh, someone references King Tarsig of Hellstone, yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> who ends up being uh, Tarsim's father, also known as Tarsus, Tarsus the Bullhart, also yep. known mm-hmm. as in Nagash's clutches. In Nagash's <laughs> uh, black pyramids out, right? And it's yeah. um, so I'm, I'm might to read not it be. Who knows? Yeah, I gotta check that out. More to follow. Um, and then we Perhaps talked about how it's not Age of Reynolds, <laughs> but uh, the Doombound Doombound reference was in this book too. Did you guys come up with any more? Oh yeah. Well, the Doombound specifically, like he finds this little like cube. And he's like, well, I feel like there's someone in there, and it's like I think it's that one of the cube was awesome. Yeah. It's, it's one of the Shades Bar audio dramas where this guy is stuck in this endless cycle. I think he's inside oh, that cube. Oh, he's in a cube. Yeah. I mean, rough. Like, and it feels like a full world to him. Yeah, but it's a prism or something. I think. Basically, this it, yeah. book is saturated with references to other things to other characters to cards from the game like very cool very delightful well, to find those yeah characters from the game yeah. cards from the game characters from the rest of Black Library characters yeah. from apparently from like original Warhammer gosh period. guys you've convinced me to go back and you, you should <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading it all now, the way through. A month later. All right, let's get to let's let's wrap it up. Let's do go to our bigger reviews or just rehash our initial reviews. Anything else you want to add from what you were previously said? I'm looking at Davey. No, nope. uh, very much enjoyed it. Uh, on the on the darker end of the spectrum, as I already said, um, but uh, well written characters in it made it very enjoyable, and uh, something I haven't experienced elsewhere in the AOS fiction. So, awesome. Thumbs up. Paul hit me up. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Eight out of eight. <laughs> out of eight <laughs> spider legs um uh i enjoyed it i wouldn't give it a perfect score i think it was part it, some of it dragged when you'd expect the corn guy to be a man of action and yep. it was so much just just chatting and yep. he's just be constantly being sort of led about by the zuvas character who i loved um like he was constantly being tricked when he shouldn't have been tricked sure uh, but i will say as i mentioned when we got to that point he, that was when he started to go cold right that was when he started to lose his passion as it were sure and when he was finally killed he looked, as he said, like a dried up husk. Well, my problem is that through the entire book, he was either tracking this guy through all sorts of crazy methods and uh-huh. was never able to catch him, or he was always wanting to go kill somebody, but he was being sort of, his hands were being held by, by Zubas. And like, I imagine a corn guy to be much more um, demonstrative, uh, willing to cast off the chains and, and, and to go after um, the, his literal only goal in life. So uh, that yeah. was surprising. <laughs> so, but beyond that, um, that's maybe the, one of the only cons I can think of in this book, and otherwise I really uh, enjoyed it. Um, though I will welcome anybody else who's read it out there in the world to let us know what you thought um, on Twitter or elsewhere. I guess um, anywhere you want, let us For know. Sure. Your uh, opinion and your favorite reference that yeah, or, or any we didn't talk about. Please, yeah. I mean, line them up for me. I, I want yeah. a list. Um, so Aaron's gonna make a database. Please do. Going to make it as I do with most things, and I think that wraps it up. Here, can you do me a favor? Read some closing stuff for me. Oh yeah. I'm not your puppet that you can just command. Fine. What would you say you do around here? It's time for our reforging. We'd really appreciate it if you took the time to give us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, and follow us on Twitter at the Mortal Realms. Where can they find you guys? At red underscore Zeke. Uh, you can find me at, at Dos Asos. At PJ Shard. And I'm at Stone Monk Gamer. And check out all of our Mortal Realms content at themortalrealms.com.
let's close this out. You got to give a little breath before you. Uh, 